Welcome back to the premier Legend of Zelda Travelogue podcast. We are your tour guides. My name is Pete. And my name is Chris. Hey, Pete. Yo. We are going back into the Lost Woods today. What? No, no. That's the opposite of progress. That's, it's it's scary. <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> I'm, I'm all bewildered. But fortunately today, we're not doing it alone. We are joined by our good friend from A for No, B for Yes, uh, Ryan, how's it going, man? Hi, doing doing well. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to have you. <laughs> yeah, we we've been we've been. I I feel like we've been chatting on Twitter, kind of on and off since Hello High World started a few years ago, and we always kind of made loose plans to eventually do something together, and and it's finally working out. Yeah, man. Yeah, excited to be here. I've been a I've been a listener for a long time now. I mean, I guess two years would would probably be accurate. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's, I'm like just excited to be able to uh, to join you guys on a on a trip. We're psyched to have you, man. What is A for No, B for Yeah? Uh, yeah, so A for No, B for Yes is another, uh, well, not to be, I don't want to make a joke about another <laughs> another Zelda podcast, <laughs> but so we are um, likewise a Zelda podcast, uh, me and my two co-hosts, um, we've been going chapter by chapter through games, starting, we started with Ocarina of Time, uh, and we are now on our fourth season doing some Breath of the Wild currently, we're actually wrapping that season up in just a few more episodes, so. Nice, right. Um, it's been an exciting time. Yeah. Every now and then Pete and I talk about, holy cow, how are we going to cover Breath of the Wild? <laughs> um, but I went back and listened to a bunch of uh, A for No, B for Yes uh, episodes, and you guys are covering it right now. And, yeah. and you're doing a great job. I mean, you're basically focusing on area by area. I know you guys just put out an episode about the Trial of the Sword, yeah. which sounds like it was an absolute uh, nightmare. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was fun for me. They didn't really want to play that part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I can't blame them. No, it's it's been good. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we don't necessarily focus on, like, locations as much as, like, story beats and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, that definitely was a bear of a game to take on. It's been our longest season yet. So, it's, so big. it's kind of exciting coming to a close on that one. Right on. Congratulations. Do you address Koroks at all? Uh, I mean, we talk about the, the fact that they exist. Okay. Okay. Because, like, if it's, like, a, <laughs> yeah. as much as a rundown, because this is a question we're going to have to ask ourselves, too, later. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, there's this many Koroks in this area that we're in. It's like, does that matter at all? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we don't really make a big thing about Skullchillas, right? I feel like Koroks will probably be a similar thing. That's a good point. Yeah. So one of the things that I think kind of stands out to me about A for No, B for Yes is like the push that you guys, and particularly you do uh, in regards to streaming. I know that you're streaming constantly on Facebook, and a lot of that gets integrated with your podcast episodes. Can you talk about that for a minute and like what it's been like streaming these games? Do you have have any like particular high points or, or favorite moments? Uh, sure. So just for this last season, for that season four, we decided that we were going to try out doing some uh, VOD casting oh. because uh, you know the platform that we that we use uh, just kind of opened that up within the last year or two. 
And so, I mean, I personally stream about twice a week. Uh, usually Tuesdays are my, you know, Triforce Tuesdays. I play Zelda games on Tuesdays. Nice. Um, try to, try to be on brand, but at the same time, because I'm a casual streamer, I, you know, I like to mix it up. I don't always play the same thing, but for this season, it's been really fun to kind of be able to take the game footage from streaming, uh, download that and then kind of reuse it as a background for our, for our podcast. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know that I have like favorite moments, but I will say viewers tend to know like when you're about to do something that's worth watching. Sure. <laughs> it's funny when you get to like a, you know, towards the end of a divine beast, suddenly you get a spike and it's, you know, it's always fun to have like a, a group of people around to chat. For sure. Um, we've had all kinds of conversation. I mean, I've been streaming since we started the podcast, but this is the first time I was able to like recycle the footage in that way. So that's always been fun. If I, if I'm on, being honest, my favorite thing that we've done as a podcast for this is actually for our episode 50, which is coming out Monday. <laughs> but I know that for this recording, that's probably Monday, not. Monday, <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> it would be a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, we actually went through the, uh, the the lost memories quest and we did like a movie night so we all sat and we we watched the trailer and talked about it real time That's as it fun. was playing nice. and then talked a little bit more about it afterwards so watching all of the cutscenes in that game like all the memories the 12 from the quest anyway in a row really shines a new light on what those cutscenes really are sure because if you just watch them disjointed as you find them it gets really confusing and messy so we all we all found ourselves with new perspective on it. That's great. Uh, so that was a really cool experience to, to have. Very cool. And just on a personal level, what's your history with the Zelda franchise? Like, where did you start? When did you start playing? <sighs> when did I start playing? Uh, yeah. So back when uh, in the 1990s, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's about right. 90s kid, you'll hear. And uh, I, I think my first Zelda game was Ocarina of Time. Um, the first time I had seen it, you know, I above my uh, above my parents' house, we had some friends who their mom rented out an apartment above my parents' house. Okay. So like, yeah, it's it, it's kind of a strange situation. There's like just a house and one apartment on top of it. Sure. So <laughs> they they would rent that out. So they would be there every other week. Weekend. But they had an N64. I did not. Right. <laughs> we we weren't we didn't have it like that. I think I had like a Genesis or something. But um, even that was kind of a shared thing. So the first time I had seen this game was in their apartment because you know we were all good friends at the time. And I remember I think one of the first things I watched them do was do the uh, Goron like throwing the bomb into the giant pot in Goron City. <laughs> sure. Okay. And um, it was it was magical, right? So I mean, I I remember being able to play it once at like. A, at like an uncle's house or something like that as well. Like I, for a long time, I didn't actually own the game. I would just play the beginning <laughs> at whatever <laughs> place I happened to be at the time. Uh, no memory card or whatever, no right. save file. Just the blockbuster approach. Uh huh. Right, pretty much. Uh, and then when the GameCube came out, I ended up getting one for Christmas, and it was uh that was great because it actually came with Ocarina of Time Master Quest combo. Right. And, uh, and that was, yeah, that was like my first real ownership of a Zelda game. Nice. I was just in love with it. So, uh, it's been kind of that way since. I mean, I've always been more into the 3D Zeldas than the 2D Zeldas. Sure. But I mean, just as a, I mean, as of starting the podcast, really, I mean, I've gotten more into actually going back and playing like the original Legend of Zelda and stuff like that. So right on. They're really easy to get to. Most of them, yeah. <laughs> especially the ones from before '98. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Talking about like that, uh, that GameCube, I think it was a Wind Waker pre-order bonus for uh, Ocarina of Time. Like, how wild is it that you pre-order a game and you just get a full other game from the last gen? <laughs> like, that never happens anymore. Yeah. We should be doing more of that. That might have been the only time that I can think of. Oh, and it was such a good one for it to happen with also. Right. Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, that and like demo discs used to be a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. That was always fun, too. I remember was it smash bros melee just had like a ton of like five minute demos on Mm -hmm. different n64 games (laughs) nintendo used to be so much more generous with those kinds of things (laughs) oh oh i could go off on that believe me with the the rewards club that they used to have like those rewards used to be real beefy yeah 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 i was a i was an early adopter of the uh 3ds and i got that founders like uh they gave you like a little like membership card for nothing like you Mm -hmm. you didn't have to really sign up for it like you bought if you had the system early enough you would just kind of get it mm-hmm. and it came with a whole collection of games it was amazing it was like a huge was that the ambassador club oh yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about the ambassador club yeah yeah i remember that i mean it was a bunch of quality things i think one of the zelda games was it uh was it for it was um it was it was minish cap minish cap was on minish that, cap uh, minish cap was on it yeah i think the legend of zelda and the adventure of link were both on there too oh good stuff like, nice. it was just a whole treasure trove i mean they used to give games and side of you get animal crossing on the gamecube mm-hmm. you just get a bunch of nes titles I still have that uh, <laughs> yeah still got that here and that's one of the reasons i'll never get rid of that, <laughs> that yeah that disc is amazing <laughs> oh man all right well we are recounting all of these memories from our childhood all these things that are lost <laughs> but maybe instead we should recap the story so far to recap last few episodes after meeting the princess and learning about the triforce and the sacred realm we are told we must set off to find the rest of the spiritual stones before we are able to open the door of time uh, we're then escorted away by the royal family's right hand impa who points us to her hometown kakariko village it's there we learned all about the dark past of the Sheikah while running some errands at the local hen house and graveyard yep we wrap things up in kakariko but we make a quick stop back to the forest before we ascend death mountain right to visit some familiar faces over in the lost woods So, like, what prompts us to go to Lost Woods originally? Is it Navi? Navi goes, what would Saria think? Actually, I was I was wondering, because you can technically kind of go back to the Lost Woods and do all this stuff anytime after talking to Zelda. Yeah. But, I mean, if anything happens after that cutscene, it's Sheik pointing you to Kakarika, right? Impa. Impa, sorry. Ooh, I'm going to make that mistake a lot. <laughs> Have you guys gone to Goron City? Not yet. That is next episode, I think. Can I spoil just a little bit here? By all means. For that? <laughs> yeah, talk about... By the way, if you want to talk about anything in any location, feel free, because you're on yeah. this episode, so whatever. Great, yeah. No, so if you get to Goron City, uh, the, one of the major first conflicts that you run into is that... Darunia is kind of locked up in a in his room, mm-hmm. yeah, and he won't really give you the time of day unless you find a way to cheer him up. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things you learn about the Gorons is that they all kind of love the music that comes from a certain cave. That's exactly like, it. Yes. in their city. So you're kind of prompted. Like the, the suggestion is to go back through, and that cave leads you back right into the Lost Woods. Right. It's like a direct. I was wondering if there was something other than Darunia, but yeah, I think that's really where the wall that you'll hit is. Unfortunately, that location is linked pretty 
well to the location we're going to today. I mean, that does make sense in retrospect that that would be the thing to get you to go there. Except like for, I mean, maybe this is just me projecting, but since I've played the game a few times, I just think the whole time, okay, when do I go to the Lost Woods? Do I go there now? <laughs> Nabby says Lost Woods. I'm going to go to the Lost Woods. Uh-huh. Yeah. I Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, I bumped up into the Darunia thing the first time I was doing this for the note taking. And then after that, it's just like, as soon as I talk to Zelda, just just go get this over with. It's it's almost mm-hmm. like a like a little bit of a chore. Like well, I think by the way, I think Lost Woods is very cool in this game, but it's one of those things where it's like when you know what to do, you're just kind of getting through it. Let me let me tell you what makes Lost Woods a chore, Chris. It's if you don't remember that there is like a trigger for when you actually find Saria in the Lost Woods cuz if you come here, you can come here before you even leave. Sure. Like yeah. you 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 beat the the you, Deku tree. You know, you kill the great Deku tree. You kill, you <laughs> murder the great Deku tree in cold blood. Um, oh my goodness and before you even leave you can actually go through the lost woods do a couple little you know uh, pit stops get a bigger seed satchel get a heart piece yeah before you even leave yeah uh, but if you know what you have to do to get, you can actually get all the way to where Saria will be yeah. in the Lost Woods, it's- and she won't be there yet because you have to meet your. Well, should I just say the stuff we said in previous? Whatever. Uh, uh, you don't meet your sister Zelda in like the castle, and yet, so like, uh, so I don't know why. <sighs> Because sorry, is your adopted family, you have to meet your blood family first. I think that's the Ooh, whole thing. We should catch Ryan up to some of the ridiculous <laughs> stuff you're spouting. No, out. have you guys have you guys been running with the the Zeldas or you know Queen previous Queen possibly also named Zeldas? <laughs> like was Link's mom theory? Oh yeah, you guys have been running with. That? Okay. Oh yeah, it's it is my my number one focus, like laser focus this entire season we, so far. We should find a way to like give cliff notes because I feel like every episode <laughs> we. Expand on this, and we also recap this to get the the guests' uh, take on it. Uh-huh. Gotcha. No, I heard the Kokri Forest episode. Now that, that theory was in there, right? <laughs> was, um, so I, I didn't know about that. So something we didn't mention in that episode. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna now lengthen the episode by an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to get through this quick. Okay. Pete mentioned how um, high ranking officials in Death Mountain and in Zora's domain got spiritual stones, but then there was just one in the Deku tree yeah and we were trying to figure out okay royalty maybe some kind of royalty maybe link's mom was some kind of royalty and when she dropped off link she brought the stone yeah but what i what i realized while editing that episode was we confront a queen in that very episode (laughs) queen goma oh dear so at that point at that point hey ryan yeah is goma your mom Is it's Goma my mom? Is Goma Probably. is Goma Link's mom? Is Queen Goma Link's is a cursed version of Link's mom? This is this is this is not what I thought we were going to address. This. <laughs> that's not. That's actually not a bad theory. <laughs> According to what I was going to say, because we actually ran into something similar. One of the things that we'll, we're going to learn about the the Lost Woods is about what happens when you get lost. Yeah, if you're not fairy folk. Oh yeah, oh, we'll get that. And it's very it's. I mean, that would make it very plausible that Queen Goma used to be Queen Not Goma. 
<laughs> for sure. <laughs> and that transformation may have happened with the cursing. Unless that was just her name? I don't know. Oh, I guess it could just be her name. Huh. <laughs> Maybe. But there are other Gomas, right? I mean, like, it's always been traditionally... Uh, but this is the first one in the timeline. This is the first Goma. Oh, dear. So all the other spider monsters have been named after the, mm-hmm. the late queen <laughs> from my reign of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We need to pull it back now. We caught yeah. Ryan up on one of our few crazy uh, uh, yeah, ideas. Yeah, we can't trudge through that swamp again. Ryan, we're in the Lost Woods. Do you want to give us a quick kind of description of the general look and vibe of this place? Uh, Sure. So, I mean, the Lost Woods... The first place you'd be able to access it would be from uh, Kokiri Forest. Yeah, it's it's kind of up on the plateau, right through a giant tree trunk. Yeah, and that that giant tree trunk is a is a pretty common theme here. Most mm-hmm. most of the uh, the areas that you'll find will be squareular in shape, and they will have <laughs> massive tree trunks connecting one block to the next. Right. Some of them, I mean, have this uh, special magical ability to send you right back to the beginning of the Lost Woods, while Others uh, will lead you into cool side rooms that you can check out. Uh, a lot of times you'll find, uh, I don't know what you would call like like meadows, groves of like tall grass, mm-hmm. things like of that nature. And the whole the whole place has the uh, a, a wonderful soundtrack of of Saria's song playing in the background. An absolute jam. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, it's a hot beat for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's very much a forest themed place. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you want me to get into in terms of like, I mean, you, you'll find a lot of tree. Most of the trees don't have foliage on them for whatever reason. They're just kind of trunks stabbed into the ground. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man, I hadn't thought about that. The the texture on the wall, I think, has foliage, but the actual trees that you find don't. Right. I think that fits into the whole, you if you get stuck here, you turn into a skeleton kind of thing. <laughs> that's also not very clearly defined. We'll get to that in a second. Yes. All right. So, so we've all been into, we've all been in Lost Woods before, right? We all kind of know. One or another. One or another, right? This is the puzzle area of Zelda, right? Mm -hmm. Not exactly a dungeon, but a puzzle that you need to kind of solve. And some games, it's more obtuse than others. Uh But I super love the way they approach this for Ocarina of Time. What? What's the difference between this one and other ones, you think? Well, just like how you find the solution, right? Like the last one that we did was Minish Cap. And Minish Cap, it was, you read the sign. Oh yeah, they were saying that was not handled very well. Yeah, it was like, all right, (laughs) fine. But uh, do you want to, Pete, do you want to tell us how we do this in uh, in Ocarina? Oh, I hope you're not expecting me to list the exact, no, no, no. you know, directions. Okay. Because I, I could probably wing it, but I'd be pretty far off. So essentially, oh, well, here's the thing first. when you If you come here the first time, you're on your own. You just are doing guesswork to figure the way through the different entrances. Unless you figure out that you can actually inch closer to each one and the next room will load in through the darkness if you get close enough. Yep. Interesting. So you can cheat it a little bit. But the correct way that you're supposed to do it is when you show up, uh, Kapora Gabor is there and he'll tell you, you know, oh, hey, like maybe follow the sound of the music you hear. If it, you know, it'll get louder at each entrance to go towards where Saria is. Exactly. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know this is handholdy stuff for babies I, and I can appreciate that. When I've already been here earlier in the game doing other stuff, <laughs> I'm yeah. like – 
I know I've been there today. You don't got to tell me where to go. Wait, does he come back on repeated visits? No, but he's only supposed to be here during this portion after Zelda when you're looking for Saria. Right. But if you come here before that point when you're not supposed to be here. Oh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the music trick stops working after this point in time as well. Yeah. They, they count on you to just remember the way there. Yeah. Which I guess that might be just because like this was the era of games where you wrote stuff down. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like I don't recall the music ever. Like I always followed my ear to get through it. You sure about that? I could be I I could totally be wrong on that. But I do like what you mentioned Pete that like there's a visual indicator, right? So like if you're playing on mute or if you're hard of hearing, you could just look at the insides of these giant tree stumps. Yeah. And there is always going to be two or three with a white light in the distance and there's going to be one that's just kind of all pitch black. That pitch black right. one is the one that you want to go through if you want to progress through the Lost Woods. Wait, what? That sounds backwards, but I think you're right. You want to go through the pitch black one? I believe so. The one with the light will always take you back to Kokiri Forest. There is another visual indicator if you're standing farther back. Really? Yeah, there. because my co-host said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it was pointed out to me, I should say. And I didn't believe it at first until I went back and checked and it actually does work. Because I had always done those other methods. I'd always either listen my way through or I would inch up until the room loaded in. Right. Because you could actually check it before you stepped in. Sure. And then they were like, yeah, if you just look from a distance, here's the difference that you're going to see. And I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, now I'm curious as to what it was. There's a window in between standing far back enough to see the, the visual and standing close enough for the room to load in where they all look the same. Uh-huh. So you really have to be positioned right to make either of those work. Okay. And Chris, you're saying it's a bright light? A bright, a bright light. So what I'm saying is there's a there's a small white light in the tree stumps that'll send you back to Kokiri Forest. Oh, that's weird. And the ones that don't have that white light, if you go through it, will take you further into the Lost Woods. It looks like a fog, kind of. Yeah, it looks like a fog. I actually just sent it into in the Discord chat because I, oh, double, you? I double checked it uh, earlier today. Oh, is that what you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of you got like some texture going there. That's true. <laughs> I wouldn't call it like a like a bright light, Chris. <laughs> Compared to the other one, it is. I mean, I think it's only fitting that the three of us spend at least a minute completely confused on how to progress before we move forward here. <laughs> That's what they wanted. Um, but yeah, I guess, do you guys want to take a quick second to talk about some of the enemies that we're going to find in here? Wait, are there enemies in the Lost Woods at this point of the game? Like in the present? They're friendly here now. I mean, there's a business scrub, if you want to talk about that. I mean, it's kind of like an enemy. There's the, yeah, kind of chaotic, <laughs> neutral business scrubs. Who, I think they're playing Bouncer, actually, where they're, where they're both positioned right right and we also have i guess they're friendly in this game skull kids i do love a skull kid they are friendly when you're a kid <laughs> they are friendly when you're a kid they, yeah. yes that is a good point when they they attack you when you're an adult and when they attack you you can fight back and actually defeat them if you did that as a kid you'd create a time paradox and we wouldn't be able to talk about this game anymore <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be the first uh weird paradox thing to happen i guess in this game though really would it we, we talked about the woodmill guy last episode oh that's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I think if you're as a kid and you even try, like if you pull out the, the slingshot and take a shot, they'll just do a backflip and disappear. Yeah. He jumps away. Yeah. There's a, there's like what, three skull kids in this one? Yeah. There's two that do a wonderful Simon Says game. Yeah. It's one adjective you could use. <laughs> that's, a, okay. that's exactly what it is. So like that general area, there's like this weird little tree stump. It's like an alcove. It's like a, a one another one of those dead tree stumps with no, no foliage where there's like a target hanging from it. Oh, Oh, we're going back to that before the Skull Kids then. Yeah. Just just before it's, the Skull Kids. It's kind of all in the same area. Yeah, yeah. You could you go 
if you go in, you're like directly to the right, and on your right, you'll see a tree stump. <laughs> and that's most of the Lost Woods. Is on your right, you'll see a tree stump. <laughs> but yeah, no, there's the the tree stump that has one target on it. Where if you get like uh, what three bullseyes, a Deku scrub will pop up and give you a seed satchel. Yeah, it give you the upgraded seed Deku seed satchel. Did you guys know to like pull out the slingshot and just kind of wail at this? Because nothing tells you to. Yeah, I mean, I think as a kid, if you hang a circle, I'm gonna shoot at it. <laughs> like that's. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the eye effect. Uh, and then and then the second you hit it and it throws yeah. up points, then you know that you got to be looking for the sweet spot there. That's the good stuff. So it's funny. Once you get the first one, just fire another two. You don't even have to re-aim. So yeah, exactly. it works out really well. It's wild how quickly and how easily you can get like your first like ammo upgrade. Yeah. And you get the slingshot in the Great Deku Tree. So it's like almost immediately after, right? Honestly, yeah. And immediately after that, you can go down the ladder to get your first heart piece yeah. outside of uh, the dungeon. Yeah. So it's these two little skull kids like ryan mentioned and they want to play they want to play a game what was that supposed to be (laughs) that was jigsaw that was a pretty clear jigsaw huh that was jigsaw huh i feel like that was okay honestly first thing my head went to was the twins in uh the shining hey i'll take it (laughs) like that's a good one too Uh, the Skull Kids say, follow along with our song on your ocarina. We'll lead you into it. And there's three rounds. Yeah. The first round, you'll get like a green rupee. The second round, a blue rupee. And the third round, you'll get a heart piece. Here's the thing about that. This is pretty cool. I like that you can just chill out with these dead kids and like jam, have a jam session for a minute. <laughs> yeah, dead kid jam session. Dead kid jam session. I'm, I'm cool with like memorization games and whatnot. That's great. I'm not especially good at them if it, the pace is really slow. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a problem I have with the Skull Kids here. Because it'll be like, bah, bah, boop, like, and like, it'll get longer each time you go. Yeah. Yeah. For each of these rounds, it's like the first couple of, you know, goes is like one to four notes. And then it'll by the end, it'll be like eight to ten notes. And it's just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I, I did this uh, streaming in the Discord like a week or two ago, and it was just like embarrassing. I could not remember <laughs> more than like six at a time. It's painful. You see, that's the thing. If you play Among Us with me, the, and we get to that thing where it's Simon Says, uh-huh. and it lasts like a Gregorian hour just to get that done, like, I'm gonna look so suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, this is a cool little thing it's cool it i think it's one of those things when you play ocarina after playing majora's mask i feel like playthroughs of ocarina are enhanced by playing majora's mask before them uh-huh because it almost feels like fun nods like you're seeing the characters that are so cool in majora's mask but like before they kind of get fleshed out and get to do kind of the cool things they do in that game. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I I think it's just, I spent so much longer with Majora's Mask before coming back. Like, I played Ocarina, but I played Ocarina once, and I played Majora's Mask a bunch, and now we're coming back to Ocarina. (laughs) So it's hard for me to separate that and be like, yeah, these are Ocarina characters who Mm -hmm. appear in Majora's Mask. It's always, oh, that's the thing from Majora's Mask, you know? So speaking of, do we want to address the other Skull Kid across the way? Oh, we should probably do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's natural progression from these two okay so if you walk in i think in the exact opposite direction yeah you make a quick left uh when you enter the lost woods oh yeah come and on your left you'll see a tree stump exactly exactly there you go 
you'll find another lone skull kid hanging out on a tree stump and he's playing music i think at this point or is he just hanging out i think what the idea is is that he's playing the music that you hear throughout all of the lost woods weirdly enough he's also playing the music you hear in the sacred meadow forest i don't know if that's true because you actually teach him sorry a song once you know it oh do you teach i think when you play it he's just surprised that you know that song really that's what i think it is i thought i could swear that at the end of majora's mask this skull kid says you're the fairy kid who taught me that song yeah that also is real dialogue from a real game (laughs) (laughs) i think that also kind of happens in twilight princess i think he makes the same claim i don't think he does really no i looked it up earlier today i don't think he does oh okay fair enough yeah, I guess a verdict's out. It's impossible <laughs> to tell whether or not we teach him Saria's song right here. He he recognizes the song. He does recognize One way it. or another. At the very least, he appreciates you playing it for him. Mm-hmm. And he gives you a heart piece for that. And then later on, you can also bring him a mask as a part of the, the mask salesman quest. Yeah. The skull mask, I think. It's the skull yep. mask. Skull masks mm-hmm. for skull kids. Do either of you know what Navi says if you target skull kid? Is this what happens to kids who get lost in the forest? He seems unhappy to have no face. Yeah. He has no face. He has no face. He has no face. <laughs> I didn't realize that he had no face. I, I, like, I remembered the, is this what happens to kids who get lost? Mm-hmm. But I think the, he seems unhappy to have no face is part of the hint that you're supposed to give him a mask. Oh, right. Good point. Right. So when you look at him, though, you look at his character model and like the same with the other two Skull Kids is that they have like this kind of wooden bird face, which I guess is a mask. Is it a mask? I feel like it's just a dark silhouette. I think the beak is a mask. I think they have like a... Yeah. I think the beak is fake. I think the the actual like eyes and planar face is is actually their face and I think just the beak is a mask. That that makes sense to me. That's how they portrayed it in that um that Ember Lab short about Majora's Mask. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so Skull Kids are what? They get... It's a, it's a kid that gets lost in the woods? From what we have to go off of basically in this game and in the encyclopedia it is kids who get lost in the Lost Woods. But that's what... St- Stall children are supposed to be, isn't it? Yep. Or that's or is it Stallfos? They say you turn into a Stallfos. Stallfos are adults who get lost in the Lost Woods, which yes. we'll talk about later. Okay, so you get a Stallfos, which are adults, right. and have and like they fight you with sword and shield. It's the only thing you see in this game. Skull kids are like magic little imp skeletons that can teleport <laughs> and like float, and are also musicians, <laughs> and are also musicians and speak. Yep, they just love to play music and dance around in the woods all day. <laughs> Unless you're an adult, in which case they don't like you. <laughs> oh, well here's. Here's another thing, because I love Skull Kid, so I did a lot of research on this, okay? Okay. And here's something that I learned that's new. Do either of you know what Skull Kid is called in Japan? No. No. Okay? In Japan, stall children are not called stall children. They're called stall babies. Oh. Oh. (laughs) So if we got babies and we got kids and stallfos are the adults, are we supposed to infer that stall children are like babies that get lost in the woods? But stall children... Well, they're not in the lost woods, though. (laughs) Not anymore. That's a reservation that I have. Because they're like toddlers, they just wandered out after (laughs) they got transformed. (laughs) How are babies... Wait, no, Pete, how are babies getting in these woods? There's a barrier keeping everything out. Your mom brought you here? Princesses are just randomly bringing them. Yeah, that was like a 
unique circumstance, I'm led to believe. I don't think moms everywhere are bringing babies into the Lost Woods. Different, different Goma moms bringing different Link babies into the Lost Woods. Okay. It's a very dark Sparta situation. Where <laughs> <laughs> Look, we know that Stalfos, if we're going off their words, Stalfos are adults. Uh-huh. Skull kids are children who get lost in the Lost Woods. Uh-huh. Stall children are Mogma. Are Mogma. There you go. There's no connection yes. to the Lost Woods for Stall children. <laughs> That's why they dig up out of the ground. That's why exactly. they dig up out of the ground. Did we never, I don't think we ever made that connection. Did we make that Chris, connection? Chris, if you're about to pretend that I've never said that on this show, uh, I okay. might close this call right now. <laughs> Maybe you did. It does make sense. They do have those mole nets. Okay. We figured it out. We figured what out exactly? We figured out Zelda. <laughs> yeah. So I guess trying to, on this topic before we kind of move to the next thing, I guess, this might be a good place to mention that if you have the mask of truth and you come back, there's a gossip stone in the law. Lost Woods. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It says they say that when non-fairy folk enter the Lost Woods, they become monsters, right? Uh-huh. There'll be more about that later on. Like, we actually, there's an NPC when we get to time shift mode. Sure. That also talks about this, so we can talk about it more then. Right. But yeah, no, the, the going explanation is that if you're a kid, if you're a non-fairy folk kid and you come in here, you'll be turned into a monster, same as if you're an adult. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Skull Kids, Stalfos are the only two that get named in the game by NPCs of different varieties. So the theory that Link's mom could have become Queen Goma, (laughs) I mean, just because no NPC says, hey, people who come here turn into Gomas, maybe that happens if, like, non-fairy royalty shows up in the Lost Woods. There you go. You got to meet certain conditions uh, to turn into a glowing spider monster. The NPC who tells you that is on vacation right now. He's not going to, he's not around. Right. That's the whole thing. (laughs) So, I mean, just to be clear, your guys' going theory now is that Link starts this game off (laughs) by (laughs) killing the monster reincarnation of his mom and then watching his like current father figure die. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also his monstrous warped, you know, insect brethren that his insect mom is constantly spitting out. Oh, yeah. I guess those would be his siblings, huh? (laughs) This is a much different game (laughs) than I remember. Ocarina of Time is a story about the loss of youth, the passage of time. Those are all just things we all go through. Link's just in his rebellious teenage phase. That's all. Exactly. (laughs) The Goma mom theory, the Magma style child theory, other like berserk theories that have been named on this show. That happens specifically because Pop and Nintendo don't want to explain nothing. <laughs> Leave all the details out. You let me run loose. Suddenly you're going to have theories like this running around. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of running around, though, we do also kind of reapproach the room where we were on the bridge with Saria in the Kokiri Forest episode. Oh, yeah. Where Saria gives us the ocarina. In that big useless room that doesn't really have anything in it. Yeah, it doesn't have a lot, but it is kind of interesting to see from a new perspective. We see the bridge itself in the distance and you see a bunch of, again, kind of tree trunks with no foliage. It's like a broken down high ropes course in here. Yeah, it almost yeah. seems like it could be like an obstacle course or something cool. Like put like a little hookshot obstacle course or something in here. <laughs> that Oh, that'd be cool to come back to that. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice. Yeah. But instead you come back and like if you planted a magic bean as a kid, you come back and there's a plant platform that levitates and goes in a circle around the bridge and takes you back where you started. It is the most pointless thing in the game. <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing up on one of the trees or anything like that? Not that I can recall. I don't think so. No heart piece for sure. It's just just a forest ride. There you go. (laughs) It's just a forest ride. Sometimes (laughs) it's just a forest ride. There is a fun little stage in here uh, where when you mow down some grass, 
you find yourself in like a weird little grassy meadow with a bunch of non-hostile Deku scrubs. Oh, yes, right. Talking about the forest stage. Gotcha. You have to get lost in a specific direction to find the forest stage. Yeah, it's kind of like behind a tree, right? You see some butterflies and some tall grass. Yeah. It's like off to the side of a tree, like, and like there's a bunch of grass that you have to like, I mean, at least this is on the N64. Yeah. Because they make it easier on 3DS. Okay. Where like you kind of have to find it by accident. Yeah, you can't actually cut down the grass. So the grass is going to cover up that hole. Yeah. So yeah, if you start at the Zora's, well, I guess it, it might be a little bit of a spoiler, but there's a pool of water in one of these rooms that will take you to right to the entrance of Zora's domain. Mm-hmm. Can't really use it yet, but if you go to that room and you make a left and then another left, you'll end up right in this little zone. Right. And there's a uh, tree stump, as there always is. And then to the left of it, like if you were to head straight at it from the entrance of the room, slightly to the left, there's a hole that you can fall down to enter the forest stage. Right. The hole is a bit more visible on 3DS. I think they make the, the grass like kind of transparent-ish. That's good. But even at the same time, you can see butterflies that are floating over it as a signifier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically, it's just uh, a bunch of Deku scrubs down here. That's So you, you can wear different masks down here. Now, hang on, Chris. Would you say this is today's Hyrule business highlight? <laughs> this is the closest thing we're going to get to a Hyrule business highlight. Sure, yes. <laughs> okay. Because... I do get the impression that this is like in a stab. This is granted it is in a hole like it's dirt walls and like moss on the floor. But I'm pretty sure this is like an establishment for the Deku Scrubs. Yeah. The fact that it's got the name the forest stage. Right. And it's because it's got these little stages or plateaus, I guess, that are raised up above where all the Deku are standing. Uh huh. But the forest stage is such a unique name for a place in this game. I don't know. It's I- literally a stage in the forest. There is a way to uh, to trigger shop music in this room as well yes what yeah so how well one of the math like uh, so this stage i think there's a sign in here that's pretty cryptic says something about putting on a happy face or something like that or <laughs> just show us your beautiful face there you go just show <laughs> us your beautiful face so uh that's that's the hint that you get i remember uh, i never found this place when i was a kid I, I didn't find this until i started replaying the game again as a full-grown adult yeah same same um and that was a very cryptic clue but i think eventually i caught on that if you wear a mask bring a mask down here. Two of them are effective, uh, as in when I when I say that, if you wear the skull mask, there's like a lead Deku who will actually pop out as well. Like all the ones on the floor will kind of crowd you and dance around. Yeah. Um, and then like the leader will kind of pop up and you'll be like, oh yeah, they, they love this because it reminds them of their uh, forest deity or something like that. Like our forest totem. It reminds us of our totem. Yeah. All the young Deku scrub brothers agree. You look exactly like our sacred forest totem. Yeah. As an offering from us, please accept these Deku sticks. We will also enhance your carrying skills. Abracadabra Alakazoom. Uh, so yeah, that's the <laughs> that's the skull mask. Alakazoom? Alakaz- I don't know why the Deku... But, you know, but they didn't want to get copyrighted. <laughs> the important thing is... what they said. <laughs> Pete, we got, we got Deku scrub lore. Yeah, apparently they have a totem somewhere that is sacred and looks like a skull. Yeah. What? I I mean, the, the skull mask is also the mask that you give to the skull kid, so what if you create their totem? I want to know what's going on with Deku Scrub so bad, man. Yeah. So there are a few uh, masks other than the Skull Mask as well. Uh, if you wear the Mask of Truth, they hate Link's mask, but give him a reward for trying. That's one of my favorite lines of dialogue. Is like, we all agree you're hideous, but <laughs> here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of like that because like 
and this is nothing, right? Like, we're, I'm going to go down a path for a second, acknowledging that it's nothing. But like, when we were talking about the Deku tree, yeah, Pete and I were like, "Are there Shika symbols in this Deku tree? Like, there are eyes there are. on the doors, right?" So like, this also, it's like, oh, were Shika coming through the forest at some point? Like, are they aware of the Shika? Oh, and they don't like them. Do they have some distaste for the Shika? Like, is this a thing? It's not a thing. We're playing a video game, gang. Like, I, I know, but like again, it's just one of those little. <laughs> weird little details that it's like not fleshed out chris i'm gonna say it again the less lore you give me the more i want to make for sure but here's the thing. okay so you bring in the skull mask they love it you get celebrity treatment you bring in the mask of truth they hate it they still give you a consolation prize because you're ugly i guess yeah uh you get bring in the spooky mask which is the one that looks like a gibdo or redead or redead yep. right and the audience will attack you yeah <laughs> yeah they just shoot nuts at you i love this that's, and there's like eight of them too so that's not really safe territory to be treading no it's not great but it does kind of make me feel like uh if we assume that redeads are a result of the curse it does kind of make me feel like oh whatever deku scrubs are they are not cursed by nature because they see something that's cursed and they attack right that's their instinct yeah yeah my theory on the deku scrubs is that they are their own like they have a, a civilization going on oh yeah um and the ones that are inside the deku tree weren't originally there to defend against you they were probably there to defend against something else. Like they were kind of commissioned by the Deku tree. Okay. Um, and I think what happened is that when Queen Goma arrived, they were too afraid to fight Goma. So instead they ended up getting like, what's, what's the word? Not coerced, but like, uh, in- indoctrinated, ass- assimilated. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, into that regime. And that's why they're protecting against you. But also if you threaten them enough, they get scared of you huh. and likewise start helping you because they just, they're just like, whatever the nearest threat is, is what I'm gonna, is like, I'm just gonna, I'm just here to protect myself, basically. I think that makes a lot of sense. I just realized something. Deku scrub. Well, first off, Deku tree, I think was the original thing. You get Deku seeds, which are supposed to have come off the Deku tree, according to the game. Then, which you also get them out of Deku Babas, which I have to assume are like corrupted Deku seeds from the tree and they turn into a whole other creature. I can go from that point. Like then you have like the the whole delineation of what Deku means. It starts from the tree and it goes downward from there. If you get Deku scrubs also, then that might also mean they originate from the Deku tree in some way. Well, we did talk about that, right? Like how different Deku scrubs are related to yeah. the trees. Like their their temperament their temperament depends on what tree they came from. Exactly. Mm. So, oh, okay, I'm figuring some stuff out now. <laughs> Okay, so like Deku scrubs come from the Deku tree and they work inside of and they work around the Deku tree unless there's like some kind of evil thing because they're like weak willed, like you said. Sure. But there's other trees that come up later in the game that are similar to Deku tree, but have a different name. You get, I think in the Oracle games, there's the Maku tree or something like that. Okay. And it also has a face and talks. So does that tree have Maku scrubs that live inside of her and do stuff over there? Sure. (laughs) I mean, I've never seen a Maku scrub, but maybe. Could be. I, I want to know so bad. Yeah, Pete really wants a fleshed out culture in future games of, of the Deku scrubs. They're never going to do They erased it with Octorox. They're not going to do it. <laughs> it's funny because you mentioned the Deku nuts and stuff. I mean, they spit a nut at you as their attack. And it, I'm pretty sure the texture on that is the exact same texture as the Deku nut icon. That's true. Though they don't like pop and blind you, but that's true. No, yeah, they the, don't. The, the, what they spit, is it a Deku nut or is it? a deku seed it looks like a nut yeah it's a deku nut it's like a full-sized deku nut interesting oh so many questions (laughs) nintendo (laughs) 
They need a whole Deku uh, spinoff game. Just give it like, give them the pinball spinoff or whatever. De- Deku pinball? Yeah. 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 Why not Deku pinball? <laughs> yes. All right. So there are a ton of uh, little grottos hidden throughout the Lost Woods. They all kind of have little treasure chests. My most recent playthrough was a randomizer run. Okay. So I feel like I erased the actual memory of what <laughs> is in these grottos. It's probably just a heart piece and mostly rupees. Yeah. I, yeah. I f- I'm seeing three grottos here. Okay. So the one is the forest stage, which we already talked about. Right. One is right before you enter the uh, the sacred forest meadow, and it's under a boulder. You have to destroy the boulder, and then there's a grotto. Yes. And there, there are two business scrubs, because that's a wonderful place to set up shop. Oh, yeah. Is under a boulder. That you know, like make it as hard as you can for to get customers. The logic behind the business scrub placement is there's just none. Yeah, the storefront outside of the forest stage was already taken by two other uh, of those guys, so like you know they got crowded out. True, true. So with these guys, uh, one of them I think will sell you like ammunition depending on what stage of life you're in, and the other <laughs> one will sell you a uh, Deku nut uh, upgrade as well. Yeah, forty rupees for that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's the other place to get a Deku nut upgrade. So you can get both of them here in the Lost Woods. Similarly, uh, we I think we passed by another Deku scrub right where the uh, Kokiri Bridge is, that room. Right. There's another business scrub in there that'll sell you a Deku stick upgrade. Oh, okay. For, uh, for 40 rupees as well. So, so Child Link is decked out by the time you're done with this place. Yeah, as long as you got the rupees, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you bring up the, the Deku nut upgrade because actually I found out recently there's a glitch in the game that makes this Deku nut upgrade permanently missable. There is, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I think I do remember hearing about that. Oh no, that's that's the forest stage again. Yeah, it's the forest stage. Yeah, yeah. Where if you do the the something about the Goron, the, if you do the bigger on sword quest before that point, then you won't be able to get that Deku nut upgrade. Yeah, I mean honestly, when my, when my first save file that I ever had, the only reason I wasn't able to one hundred percent it is because I ran into that problem. Okay, it's like the last upgrade I couldn't get. It's <laughs> like okay, and maybe it's because I'm a little uh, coward like the Deku scrubs. But like anytime that I'm going to hundred percent a Zelda game, I'm on Zelda dungeon i'm reading a guy yeah because i'm not spending I, maybe this is also a result of playing most of these games in my 30s but i don't <laughs> i don't have the time to 100 percent a game without a guide these days uh, and i missed the boat as a kid who 100 percents anything anymore streamers <laughs> i haven't platinumed a game on on playstation since red dead one and that involved like having to do stuff online which is a hot nightmare those are always tough anyway i have a few more little things about the lost woods there's there are two little shortcuts in here yes i'm glad you bring this up yeah one of them goes to goron city and death mountain ryan mentioned it a minute ago yeah it looks like a temple entrance yeah it's weird right uh and then there's another one that kind of looks similar but it's underwater yeah and that one goes to zora's domain yeah right well it goes to like the entrance of zora's domain on zora river right zora's river my yeah bad. there's like a little cave there with extra water because there's not enough water elsewhere in that area <laughs> i guess so so like i mean I mean, let's be real. It's very convenient to have, you know, the three areas connected. Absolutely. I mean, the game, the way this game works, like when you turn the game on, you respawn in your apartment. You're not going to go back to where you left off. Yeah, for sure. So you need some fast travel. But the wild thing is, and I just sent a, a picture in the Discord. The wild thing is if you look at the actual physical map of this game, well, <laughs> the Lost Woods is like the southeastern part. There you go. And then Zora's River 
is just <laughs> north of the Lost Woods. It kind of makes sense. I could see that. Uh, Goron City, that's on the other side of the map. It's a lot of walking <laughs> under once it's, you go through that gate, man. And Goron City is the one where like you can hear the Lost Woods music when you're in Goron City. So it's like the implication <laughs> is it's very close. <laughs> no, they're they're piping it through like you're in the tunnels under Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, ma- the map is rough. Um, okay, so the water is definitely like a cenote, right? Like you just kind of get sucked through a giant tube. Sure, it could <laughs> be that mop. true. Okay, great. Like Twilight Princess has that all over. I have no real explanation. I mean, pumping the music through makes sense to me, but... <laughs> makes sense. Uh, it's, a, it's a magical <laughs> tune, you know? It is. Uh, I'm ready to move to the Sacred Forest Meadow if you guys are. The only other thing I wanted to say about those shortcuts is that I, it's kind of nice that you can only access them once you've already been to the destination for a bit. Right. So it it blocks you off uh, with uh, weapons or items, right? Yeah. Like how how does it block um, you off? In Goron City, you're blocked off by boulders. Yeah. And Zora River is blocked off by drowning. Like you need to be able to to swim first to get under. It's, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a depth issue. You can't. You can only swim. For, you can only dive for three seconds. Uh huh. Um. Until you get an item from a diving mini game later in the game. Yes. And that will let you use that fast travel spot. Right. You can you can kick your little legs a little better. Yeah. <laughs> It really is cool to see the ways which Nintendo adapted these gates, right? Like we have a full 3D game now, but Nintendo still has to kind of have the gates for the little shortcuts. And they really did a great job kind of putting them behind weapons in a big 3D map. Well, that's why randomizers for this game work so well. Because like if you get something early, you know where you can use them and actually, you know, sequence break a little bit similar to a Metroid game. Right, exactly. I I think what's cool about these is that to me, it kind of speaks to the purpose of the Lost Woods. I mean, part early on, like I think one of the first dialogues in the game when the Deku Tree's talking about himself, like right at the intro, he mentions that the Kokri Forest is like a barrier between outsiders and this realm. Sure. So it's kind of like anyone who's coming to Hyrule from outside has to go through the Kokri Forest. But to me, like that, when he says that, it's more of like a blanket term for like the entire forest as it's connected, meaning that the Lost Woods uh-huh. would be a huge part of serving that purpose of keeping people out. Oh. So like that forest would have to extend around the entire kingdom in theory. But Ooh. I mean, according to the map, that's not, you know, what you see, but sure. it, it would make sense that you would be able to access different other locations through the Lost Woods. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. So so what you're touching on is the idea that the, the forest itself is a protective barrier to Hyrule proper, right? Yes. Yeah, yep. we kind of played with that idea. Like there is language in the game that kind of hints at that. But yeah, like you said, you don't see it, but it seems to be what the Great Deku Tree is specifically acting as. Which, yeah. I mean, does that imply that the Great Deku Tree was working for the royal family? Is he the front lines? Uh, I mean, they knew enough about his existence that he had the Kokiri Emerald. Yeah. Right. Well, no, Pete. What? He had the Kokiri <laughs> Emerald because Mama Spider brought it. Right, but Mama Spider <laughs> knew about the tree. That's why she came here. So, okay, Ma- was Mama Spider a spider before getting before the tree was cursed? <laughs> is that what we're going with? Because I thought that Goma was a part of the curse, right? Yeah, so Mama Spider's either cursed by the barrier, which could make sense, or cursed by Ganondorf's curse, which just took down everything. Could also make sense. Both kind of make sense, so it's kind of whatever whatever works for you. It's a demise curse, it's a malice curse, it's, you know, <laughs> pick your flavor. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Alright, we need to keep moving. Do y'all want to talk about Sacred Forest Meadow? Sure. Right on. That was kind of rhetorical, so I'm glad. <laughs> oh, no. No, I don't, Chris. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, we do have a few more enemies here. Yeah. The, we encounter, I mean, the very first thing, we encounter a wolfos here. Which are very interesting interpretations of wolves. It's a werewolf. It's a werewolf, but they're incredibly lanky. <laughs> Yeah, they have uh, they have like uh, magma mitts almost. Big old claws. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they almost look like octorocks. Like they just have these incredibly long legs with like a, a wolf face connecting them. I mean, have you seen a wolf, Chris? No. <laughs> <laughs> the long the long face kind of comes as part of the package, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have very sensitive tails as well. Oh yeah, I guess wolfos like they store their vitals in their tail because if you manage to get a, one hit on it, they die. Absolutely. A lot of nerve endings, a lot of lot of veins in there. Yeah, it's the Achilles tail essentially. Achilles tail. <laughs> We'll see variations of Wolfos throughout the game. Uh, right now, this is just standard gray Wolfos. Uh, these dudes, like, if you just kind of let them take a swipe at your shield and then they're kind of open for a few seconds. Yeah. Uh, probably the biggest challenge up to this point, but really not much of a challenge. Every now and then you'll fight two of these at once. It's really, it's not a big deal. They're yeah. super easy. If you Z-target, you're good. You don't even have to let them hit your shield. Just back away a sec. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you Z-target or L-target, depending on which generation you're playing, you only ever fight one at a time. Right. Like, there's a... So even if there's two in the room just don't worry about the other one as long as you're targeted onto one yeah they wait their turn like a kung fu movie yeah if you um <laughs> if they actually hit your shield they'll kind of bounce off of it and then stop and regroup um but if you get them to take a swing and then you back up so that it doesn't actually contact yeah they're a little overzealous so they'll swing twice and then turn around and show you the vulnerable tail that they have i have to wonder okay so there's only one wolfos in this area and you only fight them one time it does not come back and the only reason it's here is because it's like vital signs are linked to a gate that will open when it dies. Oh, okay. You're talking about the reward you get for killing it. I mean, it. that's a video game logic. I don't know if that's <laughs> like... Know. Oh, it's 100% gamey-wamey, but like, <laughs> I can't just drop it there. You know that. <laughs> uh, you're going to have a problem with every dungeon in this game then. I do have a problem with every dungeon in this game. Fair enough. <laughs> the whole idea of a life sign gate key is fascinating to me, you know? Yeah. Because it, it's one of the easiest things to write off as a video game thing. But somebody decided I'm going to link the key, the opening of this one gate that you can actually just climb over if you try hard enough. Okay. And I'm going to link it to the life of this big dog. I got you. It's just another trial. It's just another trial for Link. Well, yeah, maybe maybe for Link. Maybe. I mean, listen, it's the sacred forest meadow. Mm-hmm. If there wasn't a guardian, it wouldn't be very sacred. It's so sacred. It's being guarded by a single wolf. <laughs> Uh, and a bunch of mat scrubs. There are also mat scrubs all over this place in the present. Right. Which those are the bad ones. They can't. They don't stop to talk. You you can do a shield deflect to get them to come out, mm-hmm. or you can find other ways to hit them. They you know they're trickable, and they will not stop to talk to you at that point. You can chase no. them around for a while. They won't really. They don't really have any recourse unless they get back to one of their hidey holes. Right. Enemies through and through. Do you guys want to talk about the general like look and feel of the sacred forest meadow really quick? It's like old temple, right? It's like old ruin. So the forest temple is a part at the very end of this whole thing, yeah. Yeah. But generally speaking, it's like a giant hedge maze. It's like a cliff maze, right? Like it's it's actual. Oh yeah, you're right. It's very square cut, almost like a 
uh, it was dug up by like, uh, I don't know, Animal Crossing New Horizons uh, <laughs> landscaping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just unlocked it and gave up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, everything is just square 90 degrees, but it, um, I mean, there's a few patches of tall grass, mm-hmm. but it is very much a maze. There is an upper level that you can get to. Well, we can talk about that when we get to the future, but you'll get to that in, in just a sec. Yeah. But here's the thing. You got like these little hidey holes of grass and whatnot that you can duck into. You don't need that till you come back. You got these like pools of water. Not really relevant till you come back. Yeah. What are there are there things in those water pools that I like I don't really remember anything going on in I that. don't think so. I don't think so, right? No. It's just variable terrain. I don't know why. I mean, listen, I, I think if you remove them, you'd actually add to the game. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think I know why they're there. Why? It's for you to get pushed into later. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. With the specific enemies that are in the maze. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, it's just kind of an extra area. This is kind of one of the more unremarkable <laughs> locations in the game. Although, Chris, you did send us a picture towards the start of the call here. Oh, no. Uh-huh. Where, like, if you take a bird's eye view of this area, it kind of does spell... Which, which, to be clear, <laughs> to be clear, you're not supposed to be able to do. I've no. only done this because I have the pc port on my computer and i can climb the walls yeah it does kind of spell the word (laughs) it's kind of like a like a risk right really i mean so it looks like someone spelled the word and then at the last second a designer was like wait what did you do you can't have that and then they put like a little thing on the p to make it the word risk (laughs) risk i i don't know why it looks like that i don't know why this fun little hedge maze is here Uh, maybe we'll hypothesize when we get to the forest temple what the purpose of that temple really is can i mention something really quick like towards like the area where you fight the wolfos right before the gate did you guys find the little grotto that you get into with the stone of agony did yeah yes it's like a cool like rainbow crystal cavern area it's got two wolfos in it oh yeah there's more wolfos in there hey there's the other ones yeah the wolfos barracks where they get summoned from (laughs) to protect the (laughs) sacred grove it's it's the security office yeah The walls in here are insane. Yeah, they look super cool. It's just like a a hologram card, like aluminum foil walls all over. It looks more like cool crystals in the 3DS. For some reason, it always reminds me of uh, Ice Cavern a little bit. There's like a final room of the Ice Cavern that has similar walls. I won't say they're the same, but they're- A little bit. Another unique texture. That's a good observation for sure. I guess, and if we're just talking about the, the first go around here, there's not a whole lot else that's unique. Uh, well, there's the stairs. There's this. St- oh, boy. All right. You want to talk about the stairs? <laughs> How many steps are there? Do you know? Do you know? I mean, I, I could count them, but it would take me a bit because they shrink the, h- the higher up they go. No, the stairs are just a stair texture, aren't they? It's a texture put on like a very, like it gets more narrow the higher you go because they wanted to do a forced perspective thing from the bottom. Gotcha. So it looks like a much bigger staircase, but it's actually just like a, a texture on a weird ramp. I love this whole area. This hallway up the staircase to the forest temple is the weirdest most claustrophobic for sure like everything is boxes i love it for all the reasons that i love castle town on the n64 it's just like a perfect display (laughs) of this game's limitations well now now i like it less when you say that (laughs) yeah but it's also just really cool and weird if you're looking at the stairs if you do a quick 180 there's a ladder yeah thank goodness as well that'll get you up to the second floor of this sacred grove and if you go up that ladder and into the circle because there's like a you know a cliff circle that oh, is that's yeah. how you find the stairs. But in the middle of there, there's another grotto, and that's a fairy fountain oh, as well. 
right. Yeah. Right. And that's uh, probably my number one favorite fairy fountain to use later on in the game. Because right by a warp point? Yeah. Yeah. You can can just kind of fast travel to this zone and get in there real quick. Yeah. Super useful. I was was actually holding on to that because I thought you had to wait for the future. But no, that makes sense. There is a ladder there. I totally forgot about that. Uh, There is one... (laughs) I, 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 again, not to harp on this too much, but I'm going to send this one picture in the, in the chat. The one area where we're going to meet Saria here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you just turn around, it just all falls apart. Like the illusion <laughs> of the whole world <laughs> itself crumbles. It's this amazing visual of all of these trees just becoming a perfect square wall. Yeah. And then curving mm-hmm. down the hallway where the uh, <laughs> stairs are. Next time you, next time you're playing Ocarina, uh, just go to where you you meet Saria and just turn around and look at that for a minute. It's it's less at that point. It's less like you know a, a grove and more like you sliced open a cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh no, <laughs> it's it's just it's just one big illusion video. <laughs> hey, look at this lovely forest. Psych, it's a cake. It's actually cake. <laughs> oh man. Um, do we want to talk about the encounter with Saria for a second? Sure. So we meet Saria here uh, after we talk to Zelda. She says, "This is sacred forest meadow." It's my secret place. I feel this place will be very important for both of us someday. That's what I feel. It's not much of a meadow. <laughs> this specific area. Yeah, it's not much of a meadow, this whole thing. Let me stop you right there, Saria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is hardly a if meadow. If you play the ocarina here, you could talk with the spirits in the forest. Would you like to play the ocarina with me? Try to follow along with the melody I play, and then she teaches you Saria's song. Did did either of you ever say no? No, I don't think that I have. Not not on purpose. She's like, Do you want to play with me? You just go nah, and she'll <laughs> just call you boring. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did that with Zelda in the previous cutscene, just to see what she would say. And it's always just like, come on, say yes, choose the yes option. Come on. It's like, do you want to progress the story, or are you kind of done playing? Because it's like we're all here for a reason. There's this great example of one of these things. I think I'm sure there's a term for it, but in one of the early, I think, Dragon Quest games, mm-hmm. you're talking to some NPC and she's like, oh, I love you. Dost thou love me? And you can say yes or no. And if you say no... She'll just say, but thou must. And she'll ask you again over and over and over. If you like it, nothing changes. I feel like Zelda games kind of do that too. It's like they'll give you a uh, two choices, but they don't need to. But, yeah. I mean, I'll take, I'll take, come on, over just saying you have to say yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so she teaches us Saria's song here, and she says, When you want to hear my voice play Saria's song, you can talk with me anytime. Uh, so this is kind of like second Navi. This is like, you know, if you get lost. Oh, right. And you don't know what to do. You can call Saria. Yeah. And like Navi will give you some hints. Saria will give you some other hints. Their hints are about equal when it comes to usefulness, though. Yeah. yeah kind of. I don't know why split them two ways. I guess this is the first time they had a companion, really. But they didn't quite know because they wanted Sar- if this game could have Saria follow you around, they would do it. Maybe. Yeah. They built some redundancies into this game. I mean, there's multiple different like fast travel options. If you consider the Lost Woods fast travel. Sure. Uh And there's multiple different hint options. So it's like, it's just, 
it's like instead of having like the one system that everybody could agree on, it was like, well, it's kind of, you know, yeah. long walk across Hyrule Field. Can we do something about that? <laughs> yeah. You know, like <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> just walk backwards. Again, like this is, they were figuring out, this wasn't like the first 3D game on N64, right? We know Mario 64 came out a couple years prior, but like the fact that they kind of built all those things in so early on in 3D mm-hmm. adventure games is is cool. Like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> Hot take. Good job on Ocarina of Time, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> so controversial you're so brave yeah, yeah someone in our discord mentioned recently that uh saria song is the reverse song of healing oh well it's not exactly reverse you, you just play the how to how to put this it's the reverse composition yeah the notes themselves are reverse and if you listen to the song of healing you can hear a little bit of saria's song kind of played backwards it's it's very subtle yeah it's not like a ballad of the goddess situation where it's like oh right it's not literally the song backwards mm-hmm. okay but it is a a cool little thing that i did not know about until we had this discord community that was like pointed it out do we think that means anything at all no okay no i mean there's i mean there's a lot in these games that's all about like coming of age and dealing with aging <laughs> and stuff like mm-hmm. that which sure. i mean maybe that's part of why i like the game as much as i do uh, but i can imagine especially especially with majora's mask there's a lot about oh yeah like loss of innocence and and whatnot there's a lot of dark and you know adult themes in that game so i mean one of the things having a song of healing where you're coming to terms with things i mean like that would oh. make sense if it was related to someone who was prominent in link's childhood it's the song of therapy yeah that's part of like the issue he's dealing with yeah yeah i you know i was ready to write it off as a fun little reference but that actually is kind of a nice through line there it could be a, a memory from better days i had i had no idea about the song thing until you just said it just now but that's the first thought that i had about it <laughs> yeah you pulled it out pretty quick there nice work uh so she teaches you this song I, I think it's like one of the most iconic zelda songs i think most zelda fans will agree with that sure people will have heard it at least twice in this episode alone by this point i just i would like to reiterate like i do very much miss having a repertoire of magic songs that's a very good thing that i miss very much yeah yeah uh, bring it back i will say this playing it for the first time on 3ds though i'm really glad they gave me the option to play the songs from the menu yeah and th- 3ds is Oh my goodness. Speaking of that, the controls on Ocarina of Time 3DS for the Ocarina are straight garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to mince words. It's just not good. Sure. <laughs> because it makes more sense on N64 controller because it has more surface area to spread things out wide and like you can actually memorize the shape of stuff, you know? Yeah. But like on the 3DS, it's like they want you to use the ABXY but also the shoulder buttons in- incorporate that, which there's no flow to that. Yeah, they want you to use the AXY because B will like exit you from the thing or something. Like one of the buttons cancels out the fact that you're playing a song. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it gets really awkward when you're hitting the the bumpers to try to make things happen. But you could just play songs straight from the menu? Yeah, like you open the menu on the N64, you can access your menu of songs and like you can click it and see what it sounds like and it'll show you the notes you have to play once you unpause. Like, you still have to keep it in your head for a sec. On 3DS, they show you the buttons, and you can just push the buttons as you're looking at them, which is, I think, Chef Kiss, mwah, great addition. Yeah, that's a nice quality of life. I can't remember the Nocturne of Shadow on any console. <laughs> yeah, you, like, pull out the Ocarina, and it basically gives you sheet music. <laughs> To play it, which is nice. Ryan, you're someone who's well-versed in Ocarina. Did you memorize all 12 songs or did you have – 
Because like for me personally, those top six I had down, those bottom six never had a chance of even coming close to remembering them. There have been times when I have had all 12 of them memorized. I do not live like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you have a family now. You can't do that anymore. No, there's, there's no way. I find myself referencing all the time. Or I'll play a song and be like, I think this is the right one. And then it's like, no, you played the Requiem of Spirit rather than the, you yeah. know, whatever else you're trying to play. Oh, yeah. Warping to the Spirit Temple versus Warping to the Temple of Time. Those two, like, I yeah. always get mixed up. Yeah, 100%. So is there anything else in this spot? Because I have one more thing to mention in the Sacred Forest Meadow before we leave. I mean, there's some Kaborika Boris stuff. That's what I had. Exactly. Okay, we all had the same thing, so let's talk about that. It's on the way out, right? Yeah, there is one on the way out, but if we want to like be on theme, I guess, there's a, there's also another Sheikah Stone that talks about Kabora Gabora. Oh. Up on the second level, like when you climb the ladder. Yeah. It says, they say the owl named Kapora Gabora is the reincarnation of an ancient sage. A little bit of foreshadowing. Or it's literally just him. It's just him. That's the guy. <laughs> but it's their way of, of foreshadowing some stuff that's going to be revealed later on. Kapora Gabora is real and he's coming for you. <laughs> yeah, there's that one. Okay, sorry. So there's another one then in the Lost Forest Meadow by the entrance. You know how you gave that that screenshot of looking backwards when you're with Saria uh-huh. to the right of that screenshot that you saw. Oh, there's right. another one in there that also talks about Kapora Gabora. Just sitting in the corner. Yeah, and that one says, they say the strange owl Kapora Gabora may look big and heavy, but its character is rather lighthearted. <laughs> right. I have to assume, like this, this bird flips his head upside down on a regular basis, so I have to assume <laughs> he's either lighthearted or he's about to eat my head. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot to learn about Kapor Gabor in the future. And it's interesting that they, I didn't, I never thought about that before doing research for the show, but like they focus the stones to tell you similar things based on the area that you're in. Like nothing about Kapor Gabor is related to the Forest Temple, but at least all of the stones in this area are about a specific topic. I do think that's uh-huh. kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so he, uh, Kapor Gabor catches you on the way out, which for me personally was kind of annoying <laughs> because. <laughs> He he shows up and what does he want to tell you? Hey, I guess you learned a song. Good for you. Did you know you can play the song? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at this point, you probably know, but... I did, actually. Thank you. It's kind of like in The Lost Woods, I didn't mention this, but like in The Lost Woods, Cape Orgebara, I saw him two rooms into The Lost Woods. So I clearly had figured out my way around The Lost Woods. And then Cape Orgebara is like, oh, you know what? There's music if you listen to it. And it's like, get out of my way. <laughs> but yeah, he wants to feel like he's contributing. Yeah, because I mean, if you come here when it's story relevant, you've already learned Zelda's Lullaby. Like, you right. know, you've already learned a song. So I think he even makes a, a specific comment about how it's like a magical song. He's like, you might learn other magical songs that can do some things for you. Like, he's just really ambiguous about it, just really vague, and but like, yeah. wants to let you know, like, hey – Songs are magic. And he teaches you the gamey wamey thing of like, if you see a music staff pop up on the screen, uh, that means you're supposed to play a song here. Oh, yeah. Were, were video games new still at this point? Like, am I being too critical? I mean, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> they were kind of new. Yeah. 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 A game like Ocarina was kind of new. This stuff wasn't fully happening in Zelda games. Yeah. I, all right. All right. I, I can let it go. But like, as an adult, it's kind of cloying. Sure. 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 Uh, do you guys want to, are you guys ready to take a jump into the future a little bit? I only have one more question, but I don't know. You can let me know if it's better served to be answered in the future. What's so sacred about the sacred forest meadow? What makes it sacred? It's guarded. 
by Wolfos. Guarded by Wolfos. That's one point towards sacred, I think. Fairy fountain and also whatever is happening in that other grotto with two Wolfos. Oh, I think the crystal security office. I mean, honestly, I think that the forest temple is the sacred part. Like, I think that's really that's a good guess. Because it's all the lead up to the temple. I think that's what it is too, yeah. Any importance that the meadow has is related directly to the forest temple. Directly trickles down from the forest temple. Yeah, that's fair. Which is my way of saying, I'm not ready to have this conversation now. I'm going to figure this out before the forest temple episode. I have no idea. (laughs) Can I, I mean, one one other thing um, that could be relevant is that this area does kind of bear some resemblance to uh, A Link to the Past. Oh, really? Uh, Lost Woods. Like when you get to where the Master Sword is in that game, Uh there's like this big, long walk up with some stairs, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That kind of, I mean, just kind of on the same note, Twilight Princess, they straight up put the sword in the Lost Woods. Oh, yeah. Twilight Princess is fully a nod, I think. Uh huh. I mean, you do throw the Temple of Time into the Lost Woods too, though. So, I mean, who knows? But (laughs) that's anybody's guess at this point. Like, perhaps this was something that was used differently in the past than it is today. So, it's, it's not that it's like currently everybody knows it as the Sacred Forest Meadow, but that. It just kind of still holds that status from mm-hmm. a time past. This is this is where Chris's theory that the Lost Woods is sentient and can move <laughs> comes into play. I mean, it kind of it it kind of does. It shifts all over Hyrule, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of lose track of it from time to time, and it crops up in different spots. Yeah, sometimes it's to the south of Hyrule Castle. Sometimes it's to the north of Hyrule Castle, Breath of the Wild, and no one really even questions it. But then again, you also have things like the Temple of. Time, which bounce all over the place. You can argue those are different temples, but there's also there's nobody to question it because if you go in, you turn <laughs> into a skeleton. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like capital T, the Temple of Time. It's the Temple of this time. Right. There yes. you go. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. And speaking of time, do you guys want to time warp into the future a few years? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Let's go. All right, back to the Lost Woods. We kind of hinted at this previously, but the Skull Kid that we made friends with a minute ago, not so friendly in the future. Yeah, actually, it's, if you scan him, I see scan. If you <laughs> scan him with Navi again, like her dialogue changes slightly. Where it's like, is this what happens to kids who wander into the forest? It looks like he doesn't like grownups. Oh, interesting. He doesn't like grownups. Because this is this is where the whole, like the Lost Woods, Kokiri Forest, you know, the, 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 this is like the dark half of the Peter Pan coin, right? Sure. Where it's like the Lord of the Flies and all the kids are nuts and turn into skeletons that are teleporting around the place. I'm sorry, that happened in Peter Pan? Sure. Yeah, you didn't <laughs> read the original print, Peter Pan? <laughs> I don't think I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're here to call his buff on that one because I was about to yes at him. <laughs> uh, there's also a uh, speaking of uh, I was going to say speaking of young kids, the carpenter's thirty something year old son is here. Yeah, what was his name again? The carpenter's son. Carpenter's son in this game, but it's like yeah, grog. Gro- oh, it's like grog, 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 right? It's grog in Majora's Mask. We basically just go by Majora's Mask names because oh, they're gotcha. so vague and awkward. It's so much easier. Okay. I mean, that one, he also has a rocker haircut. In this one, he's just kind of, I think he's bald even. He's just kind of chilling there. In this, he's just kind of a wasteoid who hates everybody. Yeah. Do we want to talk about what happens with him here? Oh, he super dies. You guys have been to Kakariko already, right? Oh, yeah. That was last episode. Okay. So, like, you've already gone over how he thinks everyone's disgusting? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, 
so basically, like, we're going to talk about the full Big Oron Sword quest in the Temple of Time episode down the line. Yeah. Part of that quest, though, Anju tells you that her brother had a blue cuckoo uh, named Kojiro who stopped crawling ever since her brother left. We can find her brother, that's Grog, in the Lost Woods uh, where the Skull Kid was playing his flute. If we show him Kojiro, Grog wakes up and he acts surprised that we were able to tame it. He then asks Link to deliver an odd mushroom to the old lady in the potion shop for him Uh uh, in Kakariko. His grandma. Uh, So apparently Grog was like out picking mushrooms. Grandma. Is it his grandma? I I always went with- Granny's his grandma, right? I went with mom. No. But only because I didn't consider her a grandma. Is she a grandma? I mean, I'm pretty sure she's- The potion lady? The potion lady is Anju's grandma, isn't she? I I think it might be grandma. I think mom, I think the carpenter's wife might be the brown haired lady. We super talked about this in the last, because, okay, Okay. Majora's Mask, Anju has a mom who has a model that is not in this game. So she has a mom. In Majora's Mask, a different video game. I am not going to go over this with you, Chris. (laughs) I'm not doing this. (laughs) I've always considered the potion shop lady to be the mom of the family. Okay. Like she was the carpenter's husband. Because, I mean, she'd be the carpenter's mom if that's how you want to go through that. Because I'm pretty sure she has the same texture. It could be. With, like, the tiger stripe pattern or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a tiger in the poster shop, too, that is the same as on his pants. Yeah. I think, actually, I'm looking at a, an image of Grog in Majora's Mask, and I think he's wearing the tiger stripe pants in that game. We've been over the tiger stripe pants. <laughs> for, But not for Grog. We, we went oh, over Grog, it for the said. carpenter. Yeah, for the carpenter. Really? Yeah. Anyway. So Grog asks Link to deliver an odd mushroom to the old lady, possibly his mom, and the old lady calls him a bum for going into the Lost Woods, and she asks you to bring him back an odd potion. Yep. When we return, though, yeah. we don't find Grog. What do we find? We find creepy... What's her name? She was given a name. I don't know if Fado. it's... Fado. We find Fado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Fado is, I guess, kind of a recurrent character in different forms. There is a Fado in Wind Waker. Uh, but in this game, it's the little blonde Kokiri. Yeah. Uh, she's here instead of the craftsman's son, and she insists that you give her the potion instead, and, and in return, she gives you the saw that he left behind. Do any of you have the dialogue that she said specifically? Not word for word, but I recall it's creepy. Ooh, I know my favorite part, <laughs> which is everybody's style folks. <laughs> but, but basically, you know, there's a whole line that goes before that, so I'll let you read it. She says, that guy isn't here anymore. Anybody who comes into the forest will be lost. Everybody will become a Stalfos. Everybody Stalfos. So he's not here anymore. Only his saw is left. (laughs) (sighs) So are the fairies playing both sides of this whole good versus evil thing? Because like she seems really into the the whole like you're turning into an evil skeleton angle. Fado's got a lot going on. So Fado, (laughs) if if you don't mind me just going on a Fado rant for a second. Please. (laughs) Oh, I didn't think that was something you could do. (laughs) Yeah, no, Fado's great. So the way I understand it is that the forest temple was originally going to be the wind temple. Like it, like during production, it swapped. Um, to be the forest temple. But while it was the wind temple, Fado was actually going to be the sage instead of Saria. Oh. Yes. No kidding. And that is why in The Wind Waker, she actually, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, it's Fado's not a she anymore in that game, but same concept. They yeah. brought back the idea of Fado and gave them a, a very wind based temple oh, <laughs> to be a part of. Yeah. That's Makar's ancestor? Yeah. Yeah. That's Makar's ancestor. Oh, okay. So in this huh. game, Fado kind of got a backseat 
but I guess the understanding is that she is close to Mito. Like, like they're like good friends of some kind. Because I think she even mentions Mito by name at some point. Okay. Maybe when you're still a kid. But I don't remember how that all plays out. I couldn't tell you. Honestly, Fado was not even on my radar until this bit of dialogue. Yeah. So, so my guess is that in this instance, I mean, she tells you like she's not just like – this just happened to have happened. Haha. Ha. She's kind of like, hey, like you have that medicine that was made from ingredients here in the lost. Would you give that back? Like yeah. she's angry with you for having taken something. That part kind of rules. So I think that she's being protective of the woods right now. So mm-hmm. the, I think that she just kind of sees it as a victory of sorts that this kid who came with a poacher's blade to come and harvest a mushroom hmm. has been turned into a Stalfos because she's like, yeah, you shouldn't have been here. <laughs> Like, that's just... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. He was trespassing. I don't know why he was... I mean, my guess is that he was already sick, and he wanted to get the mushroom for his own medicine, and that's why the old lady tells you to take medicine back to him. Oh, no. But you don't get there in time, and he ends up becoming a Stalfos. So this was an act of desperation on Grog's part. That's what I believe about this. (laughs) about this situation. I think that actually kind of makes sense. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So, Fado's glad that that Grog dies in the woods because he was a poacher looking for mushrooms. But he came here for mushrooms because the pharmaceutical complex did not want him to have the medication, so he's just looking anywhere he can get it, and he dies in the woods (laughs) because he couldn't get his medication. Something like that. I mean, I'm guessing that mom and or grandma, depending on who you're talking to, told him like, yeah, the only thing that's going to fix this is this mushroom that nobody can get because it's in the Lost Woods. Uh-huh. Like, don't go to the Lost Woods. Probably something along the lines of the fate there is worse than death. Like, just don't do it. And instead, he was like, Big potion. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go get this mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> it does not work out. Is that why he's in such a foul mood? Like, when you first meet him? Because if you have, like, a, 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 a witch doctor potion maker in the family and she won't, like, make the medicine that will save your life. Yeah. I mean, that's a much more satisfying uh, narrative for him because his character is just angsty for the sake of See, being angsty it seems now that now ryan you you were bringing me onto fado's side for a minute and i do kind of sympathize with what she says there now yeah now i've pivoted back the other way 180 <laughs> again yeah she i'm guessing she didn't know what his situation was but at the same time like she's just she's all forest i don't know i think we got confirmation also that uh it's not if you just enter the woods or get lost in the woods it's if you die in the woods well yeah i maybe i mean we don't actually see him die i don't think so yeah maybe he gets transformed beforehand yeah no it never explicitly says dies i mean mean, the implication is dies the the fact that he needed the medicine brought to him says to me that it was kind of you know urgent can we talk about the medicine for a second i actually just posted a picture in the discord it's a little pile i do want to ask a question ryan what do you think the odd (laughs) potion tastes like (laughs) i think the odd potion tastes like probably tamponade honestly interesting answer i like that i mean I mean, unless there's a analogous material that's made from crushed up mushrooms instead of olives, but that would be my first thought would be like, it's probably mixed with something that makes it taste more like a <laughs> acidic grossness. Cracked black pepper and olive oil. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't love tamponade, I will say. So uh-huh. to me, like that's not an appealing flavor, but it's also medicines that checks. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say some form of overpowering mushroom candy medicine. Mushroom candy medicine? Yeah. Mushroom candy. Yeah. Yeah, Pete. Mushroom candy medicine. <laughs> Is that weird? <laughs> that's a thing, right? Uh, Pete, did you have any ideas as to what this thing could taste My like? My immediate my gut reaction is this pretty terrible mushroom tea that I tried a few years ago. Wasn't a fan. So like 
dirt water or whatever it's called. It was basically dirt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of everything about both Fado and Grog that I had. We did kind of gloss over Skull Kid for a second there. Like, yes, he will attack. Yeah, he, he will attack you on sight with a blowgun. By the way, well, where he, like he spits <laughs> darts at you. Repurposed flute. He used to play that music on that thing. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's such a cool detail I didn't think twice about. I love, 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 love to itty bitty pieces the idea of a musical instrument that doubles as a weapon. That's so cool. That's why the Dragon Dagger in Power Rangers is so good. <laughs> I, I have like theories that go beyond this game about this situation here because like you got, I mean, you guys, you haven't gone through Twilight Princess yet. Nope. You, cannot wait. Have, have we talked about like Hero Shade or anything like that? Is that fair game? We can. Yeah. So the Hero Shade, weirdly enough, has like a strange beak pattern like right on the chest plate really yeah i've actually pretty early on in my uh, a for no b for yes instagram career i posted up something about this because i love the theory too much to wait for it but my theory is that link uh this link does end up back in the lost woods not i mean in terms of like his appearance here a lot of people have like made the connection like maybe he turned stalfos and that's why he looks like this could be um i don't know if i follow that a hundred percent but i do think that his outfit is meant to look like a skull kid like a skull oh kid. oh my gosh i'm looking at it right now ryan i a hundred percent see the inspiration oh, it's the beak right in the chest piece a little bit and he's a skeleton i mean he's a living skeleton right like yeah i can subscribe to that mixture of ideas for him but why would he be in the lost wood why would he i mean he's also covered in like moss and leaves and stuff so in in majora's mask this is coming he together. comes back to the lost woods looking for navi uh it, i think that's the going theory that most people agree with he's looking for navi that's you generally accepted right yeah. so like it would make sense that he ends up lost in the lost wood like or even trying to come back from termina you know ending up lost in the lost woods because he would be coming in from the outside oh he would be here i mean he's missing an eye which to me just speaks to like a possible little anecdote about you know the skull kids don't like him because he's an adult now <laughs> <laughs> they, they 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 blow dart him right in the eye <laughs> and he's like you know what i need to i need to fit in with the other skull kids so he makes himself skull kid armor and starts being like a, a, a guardian of the woods you know like that's his new thing i love that. oh i would love to see him like just some like form i don't know where that have to do it where you get a cutscene of that but i'd love to see him just living in the woods as like this night hermit who protects the trees <laughs> yeah sorry for taking us on a crazy <laughs> sideline but dude i never thought about that that armor and like that is such a good detail and all of those little things link together so well and this would be the area to talk about it so i'm glad you took us on that tangent i want to add one little wrinkle to that it could be a skull kid face it could also be a monkey oh okay it could we did we did uh, we did talk about the kokiri turning into monkeys in that first episode <laughs> yeah also. it could have something to do with that it's canon baby <laughs> uh no i totally see this being a beak though like it definitely has some resemblance to that little beak for sure that's such a cool detail okay my mind blew a little bit and now i'm off <laughs> off track mentally do we want to talk about mido in the lost woods here uh yeah last thing you kill skull kid you uh get a orange rupee moving on <laughs> moving on moving on <laughs> Uh, Mido's in the Lost Woods blocking a path here. He says you can't fool him and he promised Saria he wouldn't let anyone through. He seems to vaguely recognize Link, but like not really. 
uh, you can pull out the ocarina and play Saria's song, and he sort of realizes, oh, you must know Saria, and lets you through. Yeah. Or you are listening to the wind, and you can hear the song playing. <laughs> right. It's kind of all over the place. It's also five notes, not hard to listen. <laughs> yeah, it seems it seems like uh, creatures in the woods can recognize if it's ambient music or not. <laughs> it or Guru Guru. He can also do that. Um, Mido has a. This is kind of where Mido's little arc comes in, right? Uh huh. Where like, uh, you know, this is before the forest temple. Go ahead. You no, know, we we come back after, and uh, Saria, you know, becomes a sage. We'll talk about it in the forest temple episodes. Yeah. And then Mido realizes that Saria is never going to come back, and he has some line of dialogue that kind of implies like, oh, you know, I wish I could see that kid again. I would tell him. Or if you see, if you see that, if you see, basically, the the short version is if you see Link, which is you uh-huh. because he doesn't know you that's you right if you see link tell him that saria always kind of mm, liked mm, dot 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 and you're supposed to infer that saria had a crush on you but i don't buy that i mean par for the course right i mean yeah <laughs> every every 10 year old girl across hyrule had a thing for link back in the day <laughs> thank <laughs> you that's what i'm saying no me and pete don't see eye to eye on this no, i think because it's here's a- the thing about saria one Saria is like a fey child who's been this age for who knows how long since since before you were born yeah and like whilst you grow up that's creepy one direction mm-hmm. then you grow up and are older like physically than her then it's creepy backwards in the other direction it's not good these are all fair points but she doesn't have any feelings towards you know in the future or anything we're talking about their relationship just in the present i still don't like it i don't I, i'm and not also, saying you have to like it I, i'm with you by the way what are we going to do we're going to take mito's impression of stuff i think this is mito at his most vulnerable he is experiencing loss he's got nothing to lie for he's got nothing to defend impressionable is one thing we also know he's not that bright okay <laughs> he's got regret i mean he definitely i think part of that dialogue too is that he wishes he could apologize to link for how mean he was as a kid or well how mean he was when link was a kid anyway yeah but you know what i mean like he's he's like i really wish i had a chance to make up for that or something and that's yeah. <laughs> so it's going to take a lot to get uh, Pete on me- listen, Mito's I, side, but I agree that the everybody has a thing for Link stuff isn't like it isn't good. It shouldn't really be a thing. Yeah. It's like, the, it, yeah. I've always seen Saria as just like the best friend. Like, you know, just that's that's what her character was supposed to be. I, I, I never really saw her as like the the stand in mother figure. Like, that wasn't really. I'll accept sister. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sister works. <laughs> <laughs> they're all they're all children of the Deku tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, is there anything else you guys want to talk about in the Lost Woods future? I do have a question because I, I forgot to look this up. Does then do either of you know if the forest stage is still visible as an adult? I think it is, but I think it's like it's just not active. Like you can't wear a mask down there, so they don't even pop out of the ground. Abandoned. That makes sense. Yeah, they might just stay underground. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. All right, so let's head over to the Sacred Forest Meadow, which mostly is the same in the future. They never even close the gate. They never even close the gate. That thing is busted wide <laughs> open because he killed a single wolf. But there are some new enemies around here. Oh, yeah. Yes. Bulldog Moblins. They, we got Moblins. The biggins. <laughs> these guys, this character, these, this enemy design is the enemy that I have been most excited to talk about outside of boss enemies. Why this one? They're just so weird looking. Look at these hunky chunkers. Well, yeah. It's just like. Because <laughs> back, this is, a, this is a throwback design to, to the original NES games where 
moblins were supposed to look like bulldog men. With giant spears and armor, yeah. Yeah, but, but then Ganon was a pig, and at some point, like, development was like, oh, yeah, his creatures should also look like pigs, right? Yeah. Right, sure, yeah. And then they kind of, you know, morphed at that point. And now they're horse pigs. I love this moblin design. I want this kind of a weird thing to come back. And we know what they're going to look like already in, in Tears of the Kingdom. Sure. But. I love how unique this design is and that it's only used here in the game. That's true. I kind of get a little bit turned around by the fact that this is happening within the Lost Woods. Like we've, you know, like we've seen, because, you know, I, I kind of consider all the forest to be one continuous thing. But um, the, the regular Lost Woods seems to still be acting as a barrier zone where like, you know, if you go in there, you get transformed, etc. Mm-hmm. But in here, there's just straight up Ganon's minions on patrol. Even after you beat the forest temple. Yeah, he's just trying to take over this zone. So it's not really secret anymore. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just there's like an entire military occupation going on in the forest. Temple. <laughs> yes. Well, outside the forest. Honestly. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Sacred Forest Grove. At this point in time, Ganon has control of the entire sacred realm, right? I f- think that's how it's phrased yeah like because like anything you see in the sacred realm is just like one room in the temple of light and ganon has everything else i think is how it's described yeah i, I try not to think about the sacred realm too much honestly <laughs> <laughs> fire brain like an egg yeah for sure it's best when we try to do the same honestly yeah when you get to the end of the game there's going to be some dialogue and some plot points that are going to be real confusing if you keep treating it like a real place <laughs> i'll say words have meaning and they decided to use the word sacred sacred to describe two different places i'm just gonna let that sit wait okay so you're you're you're, okay so before you were asking us what makes this sacred and that was really just the seed planted for this statement right here where you're trying to convince (laughs) us that the sacred forest meadow is an extension of the sacred realm (laughs) that was not bait Uh it was not bait i thought of it during the episode oh okay (laughs) all right let's see is there anything else that we want to talk about i have some stuff with sheik uh in front of the forest temple here but is there anything else we want to talk about in the sacred forest matter yes get the scarecrow song and complete it don't just like make it as a kid you have to make it as a kid then go play it for the same scarecrow as an adult then that's when it starts to work if you have it here you can skip over all of this with the hook shot yeah wait really pierre's chilling up on top of the one of the platforms like right at the entrance yep i'll pop up and you can hook shot up to him and just jump over the whole thing i gotta be honest with you i've done that zero times (laughs) I've not, I didn't even know that was a thing. It's That's awesome. so worthwhile. But they it's so obtuse to actually get it to work in the first place. Yeah. That's why most people don't do it there. Do you guys have go-to scarecrow songs that you use every time? Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah, like same same <laughs> deal with the like A and down or something like that. Just Mine is just starting left and going clockwise twice. Just every, <laughs> pretty good. every playthrough, probably eight playthroughs now total. <laughs> uh, it's just that same one. Just sounds like nonsense. Yeah. You skip the moblins. You avoid having them push you into the water over and over again yes like they'll they'll dump your books all day if you let them <laughs> yeah they spear you into the water you can take them out very so it's like weird this is like a weird stealth section through the mazes uh with the moblins right. this time yeah like i said those those little spots are only important for this segment if you sneak up on them you can like kill them in one shot with the hook shot which is kind of cool yeah you gotta nab them around corners too if you if you get the right positioning yeah it's funny because they they um for all of the might and invulnerability that they have well you know when they're charging I should say they can't see around ninety degree corners they can't even kind of notice you if you're standing just a little off the path in one of the tall grass sections cataracts yeah <laughs> and so you can wait for them to walk right in front of you and just touch them once with the hook shot and they fold like a house of cards <laughs> <laughs> yes it's very funny to see with these uh, tremendous enemy models. 
Uh, there's also one big Club Moblin at the very end as you ascend oh, the staircase. big Moblin. <laughs> Welcome to Club Moblin. Yeah. Has a giant club and smashes it into the ground and then just dirt goes flying at your face. It's like makes the earth kind of shatter up to you. It's a big old quake. Yeah. Which, you know, it's easy enough to avoid. But honestly, once you have the bow, that's the best way to get rid of this guy. Yeah. All right. So the only other thing really I have is some of the stuff that happens right around when you are about to enter the forest temple with... Sheik. Oh, yeah. Sheik's there. Sheik is always waiting for you. Sheik's always waiting for you, she says. The flow of time is always cruel. Its speed seems different for each person, but no one can change it. A thing that doesn't change with time is a memory of younger days. In order to come back here again, play the Minuet of Forest. You're older than all your old friends. That's really ha- what the message is, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it kind of goes back to that uh, general message of like the loss of youth throughout Ocarina and I guess kind of throughout Majora's Mask in different ways as well. I don't know how to feel about the loss of youth message when like you can just go back. You have the ability <laughs> sure, to just go sure, back. Sure. For video game reasons, <laughs> but the general theme and character arc are, are kind of still there. Which, by the way, the goddess harp. There it is. We we That has a name now. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. That's that. I love that. I was, I was going to say, it's a Skyward Sword reference. <laughs> Pretty good song. Not one of the best. Right, right, right. So this is our first fast travel song. They're a little bit longer and they're not as repetitive as the fast travel songs, but it's nice to have a way to always get back deep into the forest. Outside of this, though, I think that pretty much tackles the future. So do you guys want to move on to our travel recommendations? Sure. Sure. All right. So we'll do the the travel recs first and the mottos after. Do you have a preference? Do you want to like go first or do you want us to go first? You guys can go first. I mean, I, I, I tried to have some options here and stuff, so I'm good with waiting. Okay. Cool. Okay. So we'll go first and then if we don't pick the thing you can pick your first options all right great do you want to start pete yeah i'll go i'll hit my three my recommended photo op is the crystal cavern yeah that makes sense looks rad in there sure get some filters even just like do a flash can't actually you know what if you have a flash shot in there you're probably blind yourself (laughs) (laughs) that would be awful yeah you would just convulsing on the floor (laughs) it does feel like like there are like instagram influencers who like go to specific locations like especially in new york York City here, uh-huh. where like it's just the whole reason to go to this place is to take cool pictures and post them on your social media. Oh, of course, that place would one hundred percent be that type of a thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I personally I think I win photo ops, but uh, <laughs> my recommended attraction is laser tag in the sacred forest meadow maze okay where do lasers come from you just have those laser tag it's laser tag oh okay you just laser tag (laughs) yeah you set up laser tag and you do it there okay fair enough fair (laughs) enough you do that in the place i mean it would be fun man i haven't done laser tag in a good over two decades huh yeah because you're how old like a hundred it feels like Um, the thing about that though is like there's one path right so it's like everyone's gonna run straight and then everyone's gonna come to a head you gotta get up on that second level right you have the second level you get ladders you gotta sign a waiver obviously but also you have two teams their bases are on opposite ends okay battle creek of laser tag and sacred forest meta yeah 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 exactly got it got it what's your best bite my best bite is wolfos burger okay <laughs> messed up <laughs> Okay. It's all right. You say that, but I'm excited to see what you what you're gonna try to eat out of this forest. <laughs> <laughs> 
I got I got something. I'm not proud of my Best Buy. Anyway, it's gonna be a uh, person. It's gonna be a person or things shaped like a person. Uh, not necessarily gonna be a person, but it might be something that talks. My Best <sighs> Bite is you take the leaves off of the one particular Deku scrub in the forest stage. And you just dice them up. I feel like those leaves, so that's like a unique texture on that guy. Uh Those to me look like good seasoning leaves. Like you could put that on. So wait, seasoning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a seasoning. That's like a nice peppery seasoning. You put that on some noodles. (laughs) You put that maybe even on a nice salad that you make out of all of the leaves throughout the Lost Woods. So your best bite is to scalp a Deku scrub. Yeah, for, yeah. For for the seasoning. Okay. So so do you have a base? (laughs) Mr. High and Mighty just ate a Wolfos. Like, you're so yeah. above hey, killing. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, you eat a werewolf? That's bad. Oh. Okay, that is kind of cool. You're right. My, my alluring attraction is you play a game of Whack-A-Scrub. So basically, you take that big moblin club. Oh. And then you go find the mad scrubs all over the sacred forest meadow. Uh-huh. And you just play a game of whack-a-mole with them. Okay. All right. And my photo op is uh, you get front row tickets to the Skull Kid concert at the <laughs> that tree stump. Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. All right. What about you, Ryan? What do you got? All right. So for my photo op, uh, I was thinking uh, because you've taken the Skull Kids, I'm going to go ahead and say the Kokiri Bridge. Okay. Like you get all lined up there. You can even take like group photos photos on that thing for sure it's pretty nice i mean you might have to leave the woods and come back in from a different entrance to get up there but but i think that i think that'd make for a nice picture just you that know would be nice got a little stand up there for attractions I, I had multiple written down here i don't know how many you want to hear but my first one was uh deku moblin batting cages deku Whoa. so basically you take that club from the moblin you have some deco, shoot some nuts, and there you go. <laughs> Aim for the fences. Okay, you and I used the same tools, but we kind of made we we purposed them differently. Yeah, you were pretty violent with it. <laughs> I can't deny that. <laughs> yeah, no one has to. No one has to die in Ryan's one, Chris. I, they're mad scrubs. They weren't going to do any good. <laughs> well, we don't know that. Maybe you use mad scrubs for the whack a scrub, and I'll do business scrubs <laughs> for for my game. It'll be different. There you go. That's really good. That's a really good suggestion. What are some of the other ones you had? Uh, Skull Kids High Rope course since we talked about nice that whole zone being a high ropes course um live performance i mean you already mentioned the concert right. so that's kind of where the overlap was um and then four stage open mic night <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> i love it and what's your best bite uh I, okay i was torn between a couple here but it, it's funny because i think that we're kind of all on the same page with these ones um, you ever have oxtail soup? Sure. Or oxtail in any of its variations? I'm I'm thinking wolfos tail soup. It's clearly a tender meat. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Just, and I think uh, I think if you uh, you got some options, if you want to make like a like a broth, like boil down a deku nut or something, <laughs> um, maybe 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 get some of the leaves off of the top of like a business scrub to use as like a bok choy in there Ooh. and just kind of <laughs> boil it down. Okay. okay. See, a business scrub I can accept because he'll sell it to you. <laughs> he would. Yeah. I like it. I mean, we kind of made public enemies out of the wolfos in this one podcast, but that's okay. Uh, do you guys want to go through your mottos really quick? My motto might be cheating, so I feel like I should get it out of the way. Let's go. What happens in the Lost Woods stays in the Lost Woods. <laughs> That's pretty 
Antarctica. There you go. I didn't know if we were doing only the Lost Woods or if we had to do Lost Woods and Sacred Forest Meadow. Uh, so, and I came up with one for both, but I like my Lost Woods one a little bit more. So my Lost Woods one is come, stay a while, and then in parentheses underneath it, far, far underneath it, it says you really don't have much of a choice in the matter. And then my what? Sacred Forest <laughs> one is Mo Blins, Mo Problems. Okay. <laughs> Mo Problems? That's okay. that's your, your slogan to pull people in? It's the best I could do out of the Sacred Forest Meadow. <laughs> Uh, what's your motto, Ryan? I, I did not originally have two different ones here, but, you know, the first one, Lost Woods, everybody style foes. <laughs> um, or, or, or alternatively, the Lost Woods, you made your way, you're here to stay. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. I like that. Both very good. Oh, man. You guys crushed it on the mottos this week. Nice work. So, Ryan, uh, as the honorary tour guide for this episode, uh, do you mind, like, manning the bus while we go check the post office? <laughs> sure. Sure thing. I got it. I'll man the fort. All right. Thanks. All right. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, do, do you wait. Who's starting? Am I starting? You starting? Post office. <laughs> All right, here we are in the post office. I've got a review that came in from Darth Pastry. Darth Pastry says, I was searching for a Zelda podcast to listen to, and this was the one that stuck out. I've listened to one episode, but I love it already and can't wait to listen to more. Thank you, Darth Pastry. Dang, one episode. We're nailing it. I wonder which one they listened to. Imagine if they just started in like the middle of season three. (laughs) Or like in the middle of... I don't know. Do people ever start in the middle of a season for, I guess, I guess depending on the show, it doesn't yeah. matter as much. I hope no one did that for us. I think it helps to at least get a flavor for the podcast because I do that every so often. I started I Choose You recently, uh, C-H-E-W, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to expect. Like the, the podcast was like a few years old. So like, okay, I'll see what I can look forward to if I start from episode one. And it turns out it's basically unchanged since then. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so Very nice. Yeah. They found a, a good rhythm and they stuck with it. Do you want to take this next one from Scuba Steve? Email from Scuba Steve. Let me start off by saying great podcast. I started listening after the recommendation from the LOZ Lorecast. Thanks, y'all. Scuba Steve's got two questions. Can you briefly explain to me, like I'm five, the idea of the hero defeated, quote unquote? Right. So this is the Link Must Die stuff, I guess, right? Right. Okay. So if you haven't seen Back to the Future, you have your life in a timeline that's all predestined stuff that's going to be happening, X, Y, and Z, etc., Then when you introduce time travel of any kind, that whole path, you've diverted from it. That path uh, could also exist if you were to, you know. I I don't know. If if you're explaining this to to a five-year-old, you might have already lost them. That's a good point. That's a fair point. Okay, so you you have a string, right? You take the string and you, no, that's not good either. Uh, you know, time. (laughs) (laughs) Good start. (laughs) The hero defeated story is what is correct. And that is the normal thing. Then time travel happened and changed that. That's the idea. There you go. And in case, in case the hero defeated question is more about just the existence of the hero defeated timeline. I always took it as like, there's the moment where uh, Link picks up the master sword and then we jump ahead seven years. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, so there, there's the adult timeline, which is, uh, Link defeating Ganon as an adult, which ends up, you know, going down the Wind Waker path. There's the child timeline, which is, 
uh, Link being sent back to his childhood, telling the king about Ganondorf's betrayal. And then all of that branches into the child timeline, which is Majora's Mask. Uh-huh. And then there's the moment where I'm assuming, in I mean, in honesty, I'm assuming it's the moment where Ganondorf, you know, sneaks in and bonks Link in the back of the head. And that's <laughs> probably the fallen timeline. <laughs> It could, I mean, it's not clear. It's not clear by what method Link dies in the Fallen Hero timeline. Right. But there's a third timeline in which, for whatever reason, we don't know even that Link definitely perishes, but Link is unable to beat Ganondorf and Ganondorf gets the Triforce and reigns over Hyrule. So there are three timelines based on the Hyrule Historia. So, okay. So I don't know if that even really does it for a five-year-old. So five-year-old Scuba Steve be quiet and eat your vegetables. You'll figure it out. Speaking of eating, uh, Scuba Steve has one more question. Yes, yes. Uh, lastly, Scuba Steve says, I scream in my head every time you talked about honey and ice cream. Have you never had fried ice cream? Find yourself a Mexican restaurant and get some. That ice cream ball dredged in crunchy coating and then drizzled with honey and chocolate syrup. Peace out. I'm gonna get some now. Yeah, I, full disclosure, I have not ever had fried ice cream, but I did look it up and it looks delicious. Also, my stance on, uh, we, oh boy, have I heard it from people about uh, <laughs> ice cream and honey. And I'd like to retract my previous stance. I'm yeah. sure it's great. Like, I genuinely believe it's probably great and just something I never ate and I would love to eat it yeah, someday. Thank you, Chris. It's just a flavor. It's just, it's a, just flavor. a flavor. So I'll let you know uh, when that finally happens. Something to look forward to. Exactly. Uh, next postcard comes in from uh, McFam71 over on iTunes. Uh, McFam71 says, amazing podcast, love the hosts, and then asks a few Tears of the Kingdom, what would that taste like? So uh, just full disclosure, Tears of the Kingdom came out by the time we're recording the postcards right. uh, from, from here on out. We're going to not talk about Tears of the Kingdom over the next few episodes. <laughs> nope. Uh, Pete and I don't want to spoil each other. And the last thing we want is to put any details into these episodes that may spoil anyone else's you know, sense of fun and discovery in that game. So we'll do something, maybe a bonus episode down the line, Mm -hmm. uh, but you're not going to hear a whole lot of Tears of the Kingdom stuff from us uh, in the meantime in the Ocarina episodes. So, uh, but thank you for the the review, uh, McFam. I mean, the point they get to is what do you think a Volt Fruit tastes like in Breath of the Wild? I think we can answer that. Oh, I forgot that those were in Breath of the Wild. Uh, Volt Fruit, can I say Gusher? (laughs) I guess you could. That's more of like a texture. How many times have I said Gushers now? Lost count. Uh, Volt Fruit. I think, honestly, I think McFam71 gives a pretty good idea for it. Uh, Either Kiwi or Passion Fruit. And I honestly, that that works for me. Although, Uh, yeah. I mean, if you look at a volt fruit, it's literally a dragon fruit, which is a real thing on Earth. So I'm just going to say dragon fruit. I'm Googling it now. Oh, yeah. Wow. This volt fruit doesn't look anything like what I was expecting it to. It That's volt fruit, man. Yeah. Kiwi's the right answer. Good stuff. <laughs> Kiwi's. But dragon fruit's a real thing. I don't know why. Kiwi's the right answer. Okay. All right. Cool. This next email is from LOZ Boy. LOZ Boy asks, what if the Kokiri and Kokiri forest don't just age? I think it's possible that they also have their memories modified by the magic spell of the Deku Tree. This would explain the Kokiri not entering the hole of L or using the shop. When you find the blonde Kokiri in the Lost Woods, she's a little crazy. Uh, since Link is not a Kokiri, the Deku spell has no effect on him at all. Okay. When Saria leaves the forest, she's somehow connected to Link and is also not mentally affected when leaving the forest. Okay. Mido, also connected to Link, left the forest only once to be terrified of what laid beyond the Deku Tree's protection. When did that 
happen? When did Mido uh, leave? Credits. Mido also. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I don't really count what happens after the credits too much, but I, I guess it makes sense. Um, thus returning to Kokiri Forest, letting no one pass. No, because that implies... Okay. Anyway, finally, <laughs> when the Deku Tree dies, you pretty much leave the forest right away, only returning in the future. In the future, the forest is infested because the Deku Tree spell is broken. I feel this theory is a satisfactory reason for any Kokiri not using the shop or exploring the whole of L. I mean, there's... They, I mean, okay, so it's it's definitely not invalid necessarily that there's some kind of brainwashing happening for the Kokiri, but I do think it could be easier than that, right? It could just be like the Deku Tree said don't, and they just don't. Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the <laughs> impression you get in Kokiri Forest. It could be either way. I mean, brainwashing, we've heard some good brainwashing theories uh, with the Kokiri. For sure. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Do you want to take this next review? Hashtag what is a Deku by Cheesy But Does the Job. What's up? This is Killer of Demise. Oh, wait. So Skyward Sword Link. Oh, this is the know. hero uh, of the sky. Okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. Sure. Why not? I think the word Deku is like Nintendo's way of saying they came up with a new thing and they don't know what to call it. Anyway, this was the Demise Lighter, and I just wanted to say your podcast is amazing. Okay. So Cheesy But Does the Job. Oh, sorry. Demise Slayer is yes. uh, proposing that Deku Scrubs, Deku Nuts, Deku Baba right. are all named that way because Nintendo couldn't think of a thing. Right. So the explanation is why not, I guess. Why not? All right. Fair enough. Thank thank you, Demisey, <laughs> but does the job. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and I guess that will close up the post office. All right. Let's get back in there. <laughs> right, get back on the bus. In any case, if you have any opinions on your type five at the forest stage, <laughs> you can send us a postcard at hyropod at gmail.com or by dropping us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read your message here and you'll be helping more listeners like you to find the show. You can also find the show on Twitter, Insta, and Tumblr at HyrulePod. And if you want to find us individually on Twitter, I am at the edge of my Pete. I am at a man named Babs. And I am at A for no B for yes, which uh, <laughs> spelled A the number four, no B the number four, yes. Uh, you're on all podcast apps, right? What When do no, yep. new episodes of A for no B for yes come out? Uh, we release new episodes every other Monday, according to our normal schedule. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming along. It, it's been absolutely a blast. Yeah, that was a good time. So we've done a few guest episodes, but you're the first guest episode i think we did with another podcaster who does zelda content so like it's cool getting the additional like you know insight and like little uh tidbits that we wouldn't have gotten otherwise yeah i appreciate it i definitely uh i'm grateful that you guys uh invited me onto the show for this episode i, I think it's a it's one of my favorite areas i mean i have a lot from this game because it's one of my favorite games but I, uh, I I really appreciate being able to come on. It's not often that you get to, uh, at least not in my experience. <laughs> this is one of the first times I've actually guested on another show, Aww. and it's one of my favorites. So I'm uh, I'm super grateful for that. You knocked it out of the park. Yeah, glad to have you. When when do you stream? If people want to check out your stream, and where can they find that? Oh yeah, I currently stream on uh, Facebook Gaming. Uh, usually Tuesdays and Thursdays. I try to start around 10 p.m. EST, but that uh, I mean sometimes that has to move around a little bit. I I am also like a, a parent. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, of course, you know. Know, sometimes things come up but you know that's the exception not the rule 
Very cool. All right. Well, thank you again for joining. And and also thank you to Chillboy Beats for the use of our intro and outro music. If you want to hear more Zelda synthwave goodness, you can find his album, The Hero of Synth on YouTube, Spotify, Bandcamp. Also, we have a Discord. Yes. Come check us out on Discord. You can find it on uh, our social media, on, on Twitter or, or anything like that. Uh, we have a bunch of people in there. Uh, right now, they're running tournaments on, on which link uh, would beat up all the other links. It's been a lot of fun to see. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you can find me in there streaming uh, Zelda randomizers every now and then, which has been f- really fun to do with the community. Will the, will the tournament of links still be going by the time this comes out? It'll be super over, but we might have more <laughs> tournaments in the future. Also, you can support us on Kofi, uh, ko-fi.com slash Hyrule Pod. Uh, we will give you access to a bunch of non-Hello Hyrule game chat stuff that Pete and I have recorded, uh, as well as early access to bonus Hello Hyrule episodes. Those episodes will also come out on the free feed after the season of Ocarina, though. So if you can't support us there, you'll still hear all that stuff a little bit later. That's going to do it for this episode of Hello Hyrule. Thank you for listening. Next episode, we're going to start the climb up death. Death Mountain. Death Mountain. We're kind of getting past all of the location, the all the friendly locations. We're going to start getting pretty dungeon heavy soon. Oh, yeah. Once we get to the Temple of Time, it's going to be almost nothing but temples. Yeah. I'm excited. We got some good stuff coming up. Like, especially we've been tiptoeing around the Forest Temple this whole episode. I can't wait to talk about the Forest Temple. Holy cow. But until then, I have been Pete. And I have been Chris. I have been Ryan. Ryan, this is your first time on the show. Do you want to give the, the send off a shot? Sure. Excuse me, podcast. <laughs> nice. Very Pretty good. well done. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> Do we think that means anything at all? No. Okay. Termina stuffy wuffy. Like <laughs> Termina stuffy wuffy. <laughs> all right. <laughs>